everybody, and welcome to episode 522 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the B-Man Memorial B-Man. Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Ah, uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, uh, Jedi... What's a bad Jedi, Baker? Uh... Lost the joke Sith? here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jedi reject. Uh, not a not an evil Jedi, like a Jedi dunce, Chris Antista. And I don't have a Star Wars joke, Matthew Allen. And Jedi water boy, Matthew Allen. And I thought this podcast smelled bad on the outside. Hey. Oh, Chris Baker. <laughs> it it will. Thank, thank you for rejoining us, Star Wars expert Chris Baker. Uh, here, yeah, here for the show that's coming out slightly after May the fourth. Yes, because uh, I don't, I don't know what Baker's up to, but like, I didn't get to that Jedi 40th anniversary screening, but I really want that theatrical poster they released. It's, it's really awesome. Pretty. Yeah, but Adam of Padukan definitely wants to kick off a Jedi episode as soon as we can. So. Uh, Patreon.com slash later time. New sick of Star Wars. New uh, 80s in depth with a Brian De Palma movie that doesn't get enough credit. It's mm. fucking awesome. Blowout. And 30 2010. Uh, my plugs are out of the way. Chris Baker, what are you Yes, up to? Chris Baker, where can people find your stuff? Because we're talking uh, Star Wars today, uh, you know, you were kind enough to have me on this program. I, I was hoping to have this like ebook out that I was been working on for a while called X Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader. <laughs> Celebrating forty years of Star Wars video games. That's the name of it. I understood that. In, reference. Instead, you derailed it by appearing on this podcast. So it's, yeah, it's really yeah, a gift that, it to the magi situation. Bit, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it'll be done when it's done. But um, but yeah, uh, part of the of what I discuss in in that book uh, is something we're doing today in, in today's top five. I, I can, but yeah, the, I just I wanted to mention that. But yeah, that, I, I that, love that's what I love I'm talking to. to Baker in depth about Star Wars and Marvel video games because I mean I've never purported to be like super knowledgeable about this, but you really are, and I'm not saying it was because of something I was doing, but I pitched for the top five. When did Vader first become playable? And what are the best playable Vaders? And I asked it, and it's a, it should be an easy answer for people our age. First time you could play as Vader. What do you think it you was, You know, Baker? technically... Uh-oh. Technically, I think the answer would be the Atari 2600 game called uh, Jedi... Is it Jedi Duel? Jedi... He's, Jedi Arena. He's not looking it... up on the internet. He's looking at his shelf. Looking at my shelf. <laughs> Jedi Arena. Because uh, you, you were a blue lightsaber right. against a red lightsaber, and I think technically you were supposed to be Luke versus Vader, but they are. Uh, it was, it was, they it's are like stick a, men. It's it's weird. It's a weird like uh, air hockey kind of game almost. I I have played that. I I know what it's you're talking weird. about. Yeah, it's weird. It's it, very abstract. It, it it's it's like accidental Nidhog. Huh. Uh, like so, bad Nidhog. My yeah, guess the first time you play as Vader though. Um, hmm. Michael got it. Is it the force? Michael got it super oh. quickly. Yeah, is it a Lego? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. Lego or no, 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 no. no. It's this is one that you actually mentioned when we were talking about show topic ideas. It's rather notorious because it's one of the first games that's not a Lego game, pre Lego game, where you play as a bunch of Star Wars characters mm-hmm. for the first time. Oh, M- Masters of Terrace Cosmos. There you yes. go. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> so I just I thought that was you were mentioning forty years of Star Wars games. Yes. But it, like it took twenty years to make Vader playable. Twenty years, and but well, 15. also fifteen, fifteen, fifteen. Yeah. Mm. But also like, what other, 
What other thing has that kind of fandom? Like, yeah, that ruthless uh, disco Nazi. I want to. I love him. I want to play as him. I want to do what he does. I, 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 I think other than maybe a Thanos, who you know, in comics, he has face turns occasionally. Vader doesn't really have any face turns. He's just bad. Yeah, and but the world wants him so bad. Yeah, but he's he I mean, just looks so cool while he's being yeah. bad. For a lot of us, he was he like represented the bad guy as mm-hmm. we were growing yeah. up. I, I'm sure it's someone maybe it's Thanos now for for kids growing up. Yeah, but like no one wants to play as the British guy from Raiders uh, or, <laughs> or something like that. Like it, uh, it's a different kind of bad guy. I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but like I, I, it's just one of those things I find wonderful about Star Wars. I'm. Uh, nuts deep in Jedi Survivor, as are everybody, most everybody on the show. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Like we'll talk about that a little later, but like, yeah, I'm really feeling the Star Wars right now. So, um, the the topic that we're doing for the top five is one mm. you suggested, Chris Baker, and I gravitate toward it because Hoth used to be like the most ubiquitous Star Wars level. Like it 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 was. The uh, the setting for one of the very first Star Wars games, The Empire Strikes Back, where you're just like piloting a snowspeeder back and forth, shooting it. I know they're supposed to be called ATATs. That is does not roll off my tongue well. They're AT-ATs to me. It's shooting at AT-ATs. So we talked about it some more and figured out like, what if we what if we just talk about like the weirdest takes on Hoth? Like everybody knows the the standard Hoth level you set out in a snowspeeder. You use the tow cable, you wrap it around the at at legs, they fall over, and uh, you repeat that a bunch of times, and you shoot probe droids and, and ATSTs. Yeah, I, I remember back in the magazine days, like just. All of a sudden, one day, every magazine was like, another Hoth yeah. level. And I was like, am I not cool? I wasn't mad at Hoth levels. Uh, okay, I guess we hate Hoth levels. And I've even noticed something like, you know, the new Star Wars game series we've been playing. Like, they avoid Hoth, like, any kind of ice or snow altogether. Yeah. Uh, well, don't even go to the salt of Crete. I, I think it it's maybe to do with... The sameness that you got from, like, you know, Super Nintendo, uh, Super Empire Strikes Back, to Shadows of the Empire, to Rogue yeah. Squadron, and and Definitely. and then the I think the the Rogue Squadron sequels. I never really got as far into them, but I think they also had Hoth levels. They did. I know three it, did, but it's just it, the, the majesty of that. Where oh, I just did that sick of Star Wars. Where is the Empire location? Where's that shot? Somewhere in Wales. I don't know, but like. It's hard. It's not only hard for games to capture that. It's hard to sustain mm-hmm. that because, like, it's it is beautiful to look at if you're there in person. But long, white hills aren't the most interesting level, even though it's might be like the one of the best battle sequences of the entire Star Wars. What do we call it now? Ninology? Nonology? Maybe I don't know. Nonology? Yeah. No, 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 no. Saga. Just say saga. Yeah, saga. Saga. Saga works. Uh, and yeah. Anyway, where do you? Where does uh, Han Solo fit in, or, or Solo, a, a Star Wars tale, whatever the hell it's called, uh, fit in in there, or Rogue One, or any of the others? So exactly, yes. or the or the uh, Rise of the Skywalker Part Two, mm. the Final Fantasy X Two <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> yeah. universe. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> so yes, but we we I like Ray. We I settled like on weirdest Hoth levels. Like these are none of these mm. that we're going to talk about are your standard Hoth level. They maybe come close. But they are all strange in different ways. And maybe the weirdest one of all could be this one. Number five. Boba Fett is moving nine spaces to the north ridge. 
Some things are beyond repair. Notice they don't mute the MIDI for the soundtrack. It, yeah, that's what's confusing me. Is this a PC game? Because yes. this. They got full voice samples and. Boba Fett is paying the bank for a property purchase. Yeah. So that is the sound of Boba Fett buying Hoth's Northridge. In which game? <laughs> Monopoly what? Star Wars. One of the few Star Wars what? games where Star Wars is not the first thing that you hear in the title. <laughs> Wait, what? Say it again. Monopoly oh. Star Wars. It is a Monopoly Star Wars game. Holy shit. Yes. I, well, I know <laughs> I, I, I had a friend who collected Monopoly games, and I didn't know this, He, but he's like, only official Monopoly games. And like, anything you see, like you go to a fucking Ren Fair and it's like, Midgaropoly, like that's not official Monopoly. It has to be this Monopoly. So the Monopoly license was stronger than Star Wars, or I guess if you, for the game they're selling. Yeah, what uh, what year yeah, was I, this? Do you remember? This was 1997, and I believe I'm pretty sure that in 1996, the the actual board game of Monopoly Star Wars was the first. Uh, it's the first one that I knew of, anyway. That was like a licensed mm-hmm. Monopoly board that wasn't just your traditional. You know, one that you, yeah, you really say, don't see that much anymore because they're all kind of licensed these days. Mm-hmm. Whether it's yeah. Star Wars or my Mario friend collecting those, I hope he stopped because there is there's like I think seven Mario Monopoly games. So yeah, and then, then you know Hasbro Interactive was making games. They had another game with a Hoth level called uh, Millennium Falcon Playset that like came with a playset that you would oh, put right, on your yeah. your keyboard and it played like Dragon's Lair what? basically. But yeah, Hasbro Interactive had their their Star Wars license, and and they decided to take this Monopoly Star Wars that sold incredibly well, adapt it to video game form on PC, and it was exactly what you think it is. It's yeah, it's your little Star Wars characters going around a Monopoly it's, board. It's actually kind of clever in that, like, they have the the Monopoly board that's always on screen, but then when your character moves. They just cut to what is very clearly a pre-rendered movie of your 3D rendered character hopping around the board to get where it is they're supposed to go. And yeah, then you you have like the property negotiating thing. Um, every, every once in a while, there'll be like cool effects that pop up on the board, like Emperor Palpatine will come out and zap the dice with force lightning. Or in this case, Princess Leia will literally get booted into jail by a giant ad ad. Princess Leia is moving four spaces to go to jail. Oh <clears throat> my, an all-terrain armored transport. Up Tito's turn. Yeah, just shows up, gigantic, kicks her into jail, and uh, all-terrain armored transport. Okay. Man, it is. This is fucking. This is fucking yeah, adorable. It is. It kind of is. This, <laughs> this is adorable, and I can't help but notice. What was the year? Ninety-seven? Yes. Did you say? There were widescreen versions of Star Wars available. Like, I just kind of didn't know that, nor did I have many a device. But you can see widescreen mm-hmm. clips of Star True. Wars uh, mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, holy yeah. shit. And I, I, I thought about, like, editing that first clip because it, it sounds terrible. The We're going to play movie audio with the music over the nonstop looping MIDI Star Wars soundtrack. But, like, that that's what it is. Like, you, you go to a place, they show a clip from one of the films... And then you decide whether to buy it or you might hear a sentence that sounds like something no human being has ever uttered in human history. r 2 is paying Boba Fett for property rent. I'm afraid you need to raise additional funds. 
<laughs> this is maybe the most evil I mean, battle of Hoth there is, yeah. the battle over real estate. Yeah, I, well, it's strangely in line with the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's the rent money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's where they got the idea. Mm-hmm. I want to become a landlord. I'm the daimyo. I'm your favorite mercenary. Now I I control a municipality. Mm-hmm. I That's just feel bad for my... Did you see all those news stories that he's like, yeah, I, I was supposed to be in the new season of Mandalorian mm-hmm. and the phone just never rang. And I'm like, oh boy, oh. <laughs> like I know why. Oh man. That, that... The, this, the, not to spoil the Mandalorian, but it was like the story of actual Mandalorians. He should have been there at least for a little bit. Yeah, for fuck's sake. But well, I mean, it's not Tamora Morrison's fault that the book of Boba Fett made the character kind of suck. Yeah, just yeah. took Maybe him in a direction. Is. I mean, he plays the character. Shit, man. You know, like let's go back. Like I know, I don't know why there's like this good goodwill built up for this dude. It's like. You gotta Has listen he ever to been great Star at Wars. that character, like when in the prequels when he was the clone guy. It's just like, he yeah, is he the fine. first. He's the first new Star Wars character ever teased for two years. So there was years and years of speculation on who and what he was going to be, thanks literally to the holiday special. So before there was an internet, there was like magazines writing about who and what Boba Fett could be, and the way he's introduced in Empire, it's like, dude, this, sh- this guy's so badass. And George Lucas had in his mind, this guy is going to be the bad, big bad after Darth Vader. And he's treated like that in Empire until you get to Jedi where he throws him away and <laughs> doesn't discards him and decides to not do anymore. Begins movie. a bold tradition of really cool Star Wars villains dying in really stupid ways. So if, and, if you live... In the special you, edition, they added a, a belch to the, the Sarlacc. Oh, that wasn't there before, <laughs> right after that happens, just so it's like, you know, rub salt in the wound. Just, so Matt, Add a Maddie, fart you, noise, yeah. why don't you... If you live like us, where we've mostly had the ability to watch all the Star Wars movies in a row, uh, I've mostly had that luxury since I was two. Uh, I've been able to do that. But if you lived in a world, it took five years to learn that Boba Fett wasn't going to be who you thought he was going to be. Five five years of specu- rampant speculation. And he's a fucking cool looking character. He was, a, what, he was supposed to be the, the Stormtrooper. In Empire, but they're like, we're not going to redesign all the Stormtrooper outfits to look that badass. That's mm-hmm. cost too much money. Yeah. And let's just make him one badass. He's got a cool helmet. He's got a jetpack that shoots a giant missile. What more do you need? He's like the coolest action figure. Exactly. I think the most expensive Star Wars action figure. Was he? I think the mistake is they took his helmet off and let him mm. talk. Mm. Like he was the strong silent type that we didn't really want to hear much from other than, okay. Yes, I'll go kill him. <laughs> well, and, and that's it. And then it's like nobody wanted him to take off his helmet and say, I want to be mayor. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am the mayor of the city. Which is, I mean, I why, have ordained it. It's why they hit the reset button. Like, the Mandalorian is the actual Boba Fett that we wanted because, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't take his helmet off that often. No. He barely talks. You know, it's his show, and he barely talks in that it, show. It does suck because the Mandalorian could have easily been the Boba Fett show, yeah. like, with a couple, like, just a couple of tweaks. Oh, well, and, and I, I think in argue, arguing with my dad that <laughs> the Mandalorian and Boba Fett are different characters are like arguing over 80s and 90s Sonic. He doesn't see the difference. <laughs> They're just exactly the same. Yeah, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars, mon- sorry, Monopoly Star Wars, truly a bizarre little find. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess we should get into more hands-on renditions of Hoth like this one. Number four. We meet at last, son of Vader. You're wrong. 
My father was a Jedi. Vader murdered him. So you have been told. Ooh, what could this be? I don't know, but Mark Hamill's voice acting has gone down. <laughs> that is downloadable content for Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Yes, uh, once again, returning to this well. And what's weird about this, the fact that you're approaching it not just from the Imperial perspective, but also, like, you spend a lot of this DLC in, like, a series of unstable caves that are infested with wampas on your way to Echo Base. And uh, for those of you who don't, don't know, spoilers for The Force Unleashed. Uh, the Force Unleashed takes place in the period of time between Star Wars Episode 3 and Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. And the bad ending of that game is you kill Vader, but you get almost killed in the process and the the Emperor makes you his new apprentice. You're, you're press-ganged into taking Vader's place. So the DLC is the evil version of your character goes off to do Star Wars shit and you fight Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine and kill him while the, the Falcon's taking off. And here uh, you slice your way through Echo Base on Hoth while Adats are outside approaching and uh, you end up fighting Luke Skywalker. And you keep having to listen to this guy talk in your ear. Hello, uh, my lord. This is Captain Kida. I've been... Uh... Assigned as your liaison with the attack group. Be assured that I am aware of your uh, strict policy regarding job performance. I won't let you down, my lord. Strict policy regarding job performance. Um, is it is this DLC for the first game? Is yes, that what for the first game. Okay, so it, so you get the bad. Did the bad ending become canon in the second no. game? No. Okay. The, this the is ending. just sort of like a speculative. That's pretty cool. It is. It is. Yeah, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I I know I own it, I think, on Steam, but I never got to try it out on consoles where I finished the game. And I I, I was thinking a lot about Force Unleashed playing Jedi Survivor. Um, I mean, there's a lot of similar... I, I, they're just like big budget AAA Star Wars games, and they're not a lot like this that are third-person 3D games. But it also... It's the only one... That really presents the issue of like, remember how they were like, this Force Unleashed is, this is the first game that's canon. Mm -hmm. Canon. Not anymore. And then like, <laughs> yeah, George and now Lucas Disney's like, everything is canon. It. But, it's, but it presents the problem of like, why did no one ever tell us about the most badass Jedi that ever existed? Because mm -hmm. my, <laughs> my dude has leveled up so fucking far, he could kick the shit out of anybody in any of the movies. Same in, in Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Why is they this? They told a you about him in a very silent way because his family crest, as you know from the end of the game, is the symbol for the Rebel Alliance ah. like in, the, in the Legends continuity, Wh which you what? know then just retroactively just happens to resemble the Jedi symbol from the Clone Wars preceding it. Right. Of course. You know, this not is exactly why Baker's here. A great fit, but it was kind of a cool reveal at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I think this particular. Uh, I think this just. It's a great idea just to like yeah. show like something that you know really well and put a, a very different spin on it that you know has a little darker edge to it or whatever. I you know I'd love to see more of this not only in Star yes. Wars but anything that we know well. Like just give me like alternate realities to yeah Spider Man or 
Harry Potter, what I don't know, whatever. You're teasing well, us I, with I, all this big budget multiverse stuff. Uh, lean into it. Yeah, exactly. You're in for a real treat, Baker, because uh, <laughs> Marvel's doing that. But for some reason, everything Star Wars has to does now has to be canon unless it's drawn by the Japanese. I haven't seen every episode of Visions. I don't know how much of that is canon. I think Marvel's different, though. Marvel's just different realities. It's not like taking sure. something that you know, you know, like, it, say, take the death of Gwen Stacy or whatever. Like, what's mm. the what's the game where Spider-Man saves her and the life that he has after that? You know, I, it, yeah. I, I think hmm. there's all kinds of stuff you can do. With- I, I couldn't stop thinking playing Jedi Survivor, like, it's why I thought, started thinking about playable Vaders and, like, what? Why can't there just be a fucking Vader game where, who knows, maybe I can redeem myself or I can just play as the most ruthless asshole in the universe. Uh, that was the first level of the Force Unleashed. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was. And I, was like, the only time I wonder that. if that is what they originally had planned and then they chickened out. I'm like, no, 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 no we'll make it. I was there way. at the time, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was always hey. But actually, you know, the most I was thinking about this earlier, the most unbelievable part of the Force Unleashed to me is the idea the main character was raised and trained personally by Darth Vader from when he was a very young child. And when we first meet him, he's actually a really nice, well-adjusted guy. Like he, he gets along well with people. He's friendly. He's open. He's just always like, say please. And thank yeah. you. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> like, yeah, no, Star I'm, killer. <laughs> I'm just a standard hero type guy. I've just been misguided all my life. But how, how do you not turn into like some sort of in, insanely cruel goth? How are you not oh, like yeah. fade Routha Harkonnen or something like at the, at the very least, the uh, Prince Joffrey type yeah, of character, yeah. like you're killing your own prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Call them sex workers, Chris. Come on. Sorry to bring it down, everyone. Sorry, that's a Game of Thrones reference. It's much more depressing than this Disney. Mm-hmm. This Disney product. This is true. This is true. Uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, Force Unleashed. You playing again as a robot enhanced version of yourself. You're incredibly powerful. You're just literally torturing Wampas with Force Lightning. I like watching yeah. clips of this. Like I felt bad for the Wampas, and Wampas are horrible. But watching them twitch on the ground and scream, like Aah! like ah, oh, God, just kill the poor that's, that's sort of what got me thinking about it because even under disney star Wars, the star wars license has continued to kind of like they kind of have one oh i can't believe they did something that violent a disney product thing per product and there's nothing crazy like that but like you know severed limbs lightsabers mm-hmm. it happens and like yes it's not it's not the winter soldier it's a real arm being sliced off and sometimes it's not necessarily by like a stormtrooper it's something more organic and and yeah, I, I wonder how Disney will approach the games, given that... They, and yeah, Baker, I think you're right. It's just odd that, like, that's where El- the Legends series should continue to live, in games. Like, why not? Like, let me decide, how do you make another Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah, there was also, uh, uh, back in the Star Wars Episode Three game, there was a really cool alternate ending where if you play as Anakin yes. and you beat, beat Obi-Wan, and then the Emperor arrives and Anakin's just like, you're dead. I rule the galaxy now. I was like, that, that was badass back then. Yeah, yeah. Oh hell yeah! They, like the emperor hands him a new lightsaber, and like Anakin picks it up and just stabs him through the chest. Yeah, with it. the galaxy is mine. Yeah, yeah. I think I think <laughs> Star Wars is the most fun when it's canon is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars uh, Infinity's comic books. There's like yeah. three of them, and that's like the only time they've ever well, like you have dared to, to do what if stories. It's yeah. fun. You have to mm. understand that. Yeah, the comics follow. 
uh, a, a timeline in which the hero of time fails in his journey. And, uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. Making a Zelda took reference. Me a second. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the end of this DLC is really cool because you get to, you get to confront Luke a couple times. He pops up and, uh, you fight for a little bit and then he runs away and then you find him again. And Luke, realizing he can't beat you, embraces the dark side and becomes no. fallen Luke and starts using force lightning on you. So, like, now it's a real fight. But uh, eventually you win. You cut his hand off by doing that cool. Hold back your, your lightsaber with my lightsaber and I'm going to grab your wrist with my other hand. Drop the lightsaber into my free hand. Spin it around. Wow. Cut your wrist off. And we get to hear this dialogue. Your hatred will be to save your friends. Give in to the dark side. <laughs> Very good. My apprentice. Ooh, so Luke's gonna be your uh, yellow glowing eyed apprentice now. It's fallen to the dark it's side. Up, that man. means it's like, I embrace the Empire and all that it stands for. I haven't read about this DLC in like 15 years, and I now I'm really pissed I didn't get around to playing it. I might have to fire it up yeah. after this. Because I'm looking at, I guess the Steam version. Is there a 4K? I don't know. Maybe this YouTuber yeah, I offers think the, it the Steam version is the Ultimate Sith Edition, which does mm-hmm. include yeah. this. It should include yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Force Unleashed 2. Also, like, it it's. It's DLC is really weird in that it both sort of continues from where this left off, but you're not that same version of Starkiller. You're like an evil version that's specific to Force Unleashed 2, but it continues. You're going to Endor and you fight Leia, who has a lightsaber now, and... That's pretty oh, it, cool. It is pretty cool. More lightsabers for everyone, I say. Yes. Fuck, fuck the haters out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Again, I don't know if people are reading, were reading those Jason Aaron comics when they came out, but like everybody wields a lightsaber at some point and stop complaining another yeah. <laughs> fucking star wars fan it's awesome when people hold lightsabers yeah jawas get lightsabers c3po yeah. gets a lightsaber everybody gets a lightsaber but a black guy touches one and the internet loses its mind mm. god i mean unless they're losing um, their mind positively in which case yay but uh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm mad interested in that. jesus because yeah oh Oh, I'm having a great time with Jedi Survivor, so yeah. I, I thought this might be my only place to go deeper into Force Unleashed. Well, you know what you probably wouldn't have a good time with. Wait, what does this have to do with Hoth? Oh, that the, that entire DLC is set on Hoth. You're, ah, like I said earlier, is. you're going to Echo Base, you're fighting Wampas. There are uh, ad the, the, the the steps of the, the AT-ATs are making the cave that you're exploring unstable. And you know, Captain uh, what's uh, Captain Nita. Kina? Yeah, is is Nita. Like, Captain Nita? Nita, as in apology accepted, Captain Nita. He dies. Yes, he dies because <laughs> he he overlooked that the vibrations from the adats might make the, the cave shake. Uh, but yeah, so um, th- that's that's the Hoth setting, but uh, it's a little a little bit more obvious in this one. Number three. I'm gonna enjoy this. Um, give you a couple hints on this one. This this game is made by Luxoflux, 
which had previously made Vigilante no 8. Help. And oh, oh, <laughs> this, wait, is it what's it called? Demolition? Yeah, Star Demolition. Wars Demolition. So th- this is basically Star Wars Twisted Metal with Boba Fett and a bunch of nobodies, basically. Um, Ara Singh is a semi somebody and the Rancor Keeper, I think, is one of the characters. That's true. The big chubby guy. Rancor. Yeah, this is one oh, of the only yeah. times where you get like to hear Ara Singh's voice. Blasters charged and ready. So she is a pale-skinned mohawk humanoid who, uh, you know, helped raise Boba Fett after Jango Fett, and she's riding a swoop bike, and her student is just in the game as Boba Fett, not in Slave One, just uh, cruising around with his jetpack and his lasers. And meanwhile, uh, it's you it's can- just called Boba Fett's ship now, Michael. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, fine. <laughs> Boba Fett ship, whatever. I don't care. It is true. Uh, but you know the other the other vehicles are like an ATST, a literal Rancor, a uh, one of the tanks from the Clone Wars. Uh, so you're you're a little bit mismatched. But uh, you know if you're playing as Boba Fett, you're you're a small, fast moving target. There's also a land speeder driven by like some some guy. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he looks like a hero and has a little soul patch. So you know, perfect for year two thousand. <laughs> yeah, I think at least half the characters in this were completely made up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, and and yeah. you get a, a pod racer who looks like Sebulba, but his his name is Pugwis. You know, it's a great this great sounds, name for a hero, Pugwis. Sounds to me an awful lot like a story I heard from some people. I won't name them, who licensed a game based in Walt Disney World, Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom racing or whatever to be specific, where. They got the license and thought, okay, we're good. We're going to get the assets now for Minnie and Mickey. And then they were told, no, 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 no. You license the rights to the park. The characters cost extra. This very much sounds like someone is like, oh, you got the Star Wars license. You didn't get the Star Wars character license. Uh, Mm. That'll be an extra whatever royalty, please. And You know what? I I think the reason is because of of parts like this. I don't think we've actually explicitly said that this particular Hoth level is like literally happening... During the Battle of Hoth, <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's like, like a, a blood destruction sport. derby yeah. happening during the Battle of Hoth. <laughs> I mean, there's I'm yeah, there's sort now, of like like Adats sort of aimlessly milling around. Yeah, dude, the the whole this whole game, given its dated nature and where the where these levels are set, looks like a debug mode because. There's also a fucking demolition derby occurring in the Death Star trench run, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it just looks like you yeah turn off all uh, all barriers, take off camera control, and just fly around and shoot whatever I want. That's what this game looks like now. It looks ridiculous, but I think I see what they had super bomb, but racing, but they had big headed. You will not mistake these for main Star Wars characters. Where I guess. Right. The, Maybe yeah, you don't so, want to do that. Actually, I didn't get to what I was oh, getting sorry, at. Was uh, that I think probably at a licensing level, they were like, "No, this battle of Hoth is going on, so you can't have Han any, is busy." Yeah, all these characters that people actually want to be to play as are, are, are yeah are busy well, th- doing th- other things. There are a few. The most recognizable ones are uh, unlockable. So you've got, I, I think, yeah, you mentioned Malakili, the the Rancor Keeper. And uh, you get Boba Fett and Aura Singh, obviously, but then you can unlock Darth Maul, you can unlock Boosh, and you can unlock uh, Lobot, who pilots one of the Cloud City cars. <laughs> I didn't cars. know that. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that, it is you unlock the mighty boosh. The mighty boosh. I mean, the, the best thing about being... Imagine driving around Twisted Metal a sweet tooth, but you have dual-bladed lightsabers sticking out the side of you. Yes. <laughs> a wonderful weapon uh, to have on your motorbike. Yeah, it's a more civilized weapon, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's more civilized to out... chop your enemies into pieces. <laughs> I think this game came out in 2000. Do you guys know there's a PS5 version that came out in January? Really? Yeah. No, I did not Why know that. Why would they do is, that? Is that a, like I don't a know. It just PS1 randomly came classics? out in January with no hype. Huh. I saw like a, a random tweet from someone. Like they keep, they keep bringing out pot, like like racer, pot racer. What's it called? Race, just racer, racer yeah. and racer <laughs> revenge are both. Like, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, so someone got some old game Star Wars licenses. I don't know who it is, but there have been several of these because I've been t- seeing ads for... Uh, what's the one where you play as the, the squadron of... Uh, oh, Re- Republic Commando. Republic Commando. Yeah, Aspire is putting all these out. They, they were doing the uh, Nice Little Republic remake, but that's been passed along to someone else, apparently. That's a nice way of saying Mm -hmm. it's been passed along. That's been ripped from their hands. Aspire Aspire always did like the Mac version. Right. They're the Mac version. Through the 2000s. And now they're doing like the ports of old games to everything. What would have been the Mac version in 2000? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Actually. (laughs) Sick in the wheelhouse. Uh, Also, this has a weird idiosyncrasy in that if you are playing as the Rancor Keeper, you get to hear this constantly. What the fuck? It sounds like John Goodman on a treadmill. Yeah, it's just how the Rancor breathes, apparently. I was going to ask, is that the Rancor or the Rancor Keeper? It could be both. Although, an an interesting little twist I I discovered is that these actually have CG animated endings if you lose as well as if you win. And like the the lost ones are some of them are pretty funny. They usually imply the character's death, but tend to cut away just before it actually happens. Uh, but the Rancor Keeper, it just has him standing, sort of looking dead eyed and deflated in front of Jabba's throne, while uh, Salacious Crumb sits on his shoulder as like, <laughs> like I'm you and you're the Rancor. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was an era where LucasArts was literally like, this was the Masters of Tereskazi kind of era where they were taking or what popular genre. Let's slap Star Wars on it. Yep. What can we do? Don't besmirch Masters of Tereskazi. I'm not besmirching any. I actually rented that a weekend and enjoyed it. Exactly. I played through on easy. I was like, for a weekend. Very it's enjoyable. fine. <laughs> I don't, I'm glad it's I fine, this. says Chris Baker. <laughs> Put that on the and, box. And before yeah. Chris and Michael chime in, you know, such such awesome fighting game enthusiasts, they're going to tell us why we're wrong, Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't say anything. Fine. I yeah. just think it's hilarious. Just that, like, uh, they were more than willing to break canon to, like, bring Star Wars to all these different genres. And it does make me, like, nostalgic for when... I always say that, like, uh, I was ready to give up on games that generation until I saw Twisted Metal. Like, this is something the previous generation couldn't bring us. And, God, the amount of Twisted Metal rip- ripoffs, this is how far it went. Star Wars had to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even, it went to WWE. WWE? Crush oh, yeah. Hour. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so huge. And yeah. they don't even make Twisted Metal games anymore. No, no. Car Combat was like, yeah, it went from being one of the most popular genres to like, why would anyone play that? There's no campaign <laughs> element. Like, why, why bother? Sure there is. There's Calypso. 
So you want to be a Jedi? I'll make you Jedi of the whole... I don't have a good improv there. Have you heard of my protocol? Oh, wait, no, that's Callisto. Never mind. Thank you. I thought you hated it when I made that reference. I love it. I don't. I don't work for them anymore. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, D- Demolition had a really weird intro. I'm gonna play a clip from it. Got lappy neck. Obviously, we're in Jabba's palace. I think he said something about TikTok at the end. I'm assuming he predicted the app. Uh, He's talking to a Jawa that's like standing in a giant pile of coins, which I'm assuming that's like Witten, the combatant that you can play as. But uh, yeah, it was like this weird mix of CG and live actors. And like some of the the characters appeared to be CG, but it's just the, the only thing I could compare strange. it to is like early special effects on talk shows. Like hmm. if Jimmy Kimmel or Conan O'Brien would make a fake movie, and they'd put all their wacky characters on a blue screen and stick them in Star Wars, and it wasn't in any way meant to be believable, but like passable. That's what this intro is. It, it looks so fucking weird. It's such a weird way to frame this silly game. But then, yeah, Hoth is, the, the environment itself is, you know, obviously it's Hoth, but it's it's fairly hilly. There's a lot of obstacles. A lot of the obstacles are moving because, you know, yes. you, you get you get hung up on the, the AT-ATs. You can't just bring them down or go through them. You have to get around them. I'm watching it on Hoth with the Rancor playthrough, just uh, yeah. trying to imagine, like, being <laughs> a grunt and, like, oh, we're not doing... Is that a fucking Rancor? God damn! I quit. I quit. What are I these quit. people doing here? I quit. I quit. There's a Rancor on the on the battlefield. <laughs> <Yeah>. Shit. <laughs> What's this Jawa doing here? Are they even native to Hoth? Come on. Uh, it's, it's silly. It's silly. <laughs> There's no Rancor airline. How did we get him here? Yeah. 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 How did they get him there? I guess yeah, in they the got ship. They got Atats there, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, if we want to talk about silly, got to talk about number two. Another warm and toasty Hoth morning. Breathe in that barren bone chilling air, Julie. This barren wasteland has kept us hidden from the Empire for months. Now, I hate to drag you away from your friend here, but we've got work to do. This base doesn't run on autopilot. Disney Infinity. Uh, is a weird, weird game. And its treatment of Star Wars, in this case, Rise Against the Empire is mm. the name of the place that really should have been in our top five about movie games that mess with continuity. Mm. Because this puts Luke, Leia, and Han all aboard the Tantive together at the start of Star Wars. <laughs> they they shove C-3PO and R2 into an escape pod before beating up some stormtroopers and then escaping in a different pod. They all meet up on Tatooine and meet Obi-Wan Kenobi for the first time, a person Luke has never heard of before. And then they go off and blow up the Death Star, and then they're on Hoth, and uh, you, playing as one of the characters that you've unlocked up to this point, you have to actually help the Rebellion build Echo Base. Look around you. What do you see? Not much, huh? Time to do something about that. 
base isn't finished yet. I need you to help out where you can. Pick up a building pack from the usual source and place it. I guess Tashi Station will have to wait. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go place some buildings. Uh, I, I never... I. It's. I, I think I got sent some Disney Infinity figures, and they looked so cool. I never opened them for the mm. Star Wars 3.0. This is the yes. technically Disney Infinity so, three. So cool thing I discovered: Star Wars Infinity 3.0 is still being sold digitally, and it's being sold as a thirty dollar gold edition that includes all of the toy content. So, like, you That's can get nuts. the complete experience, 30 bucks. I, I got it on Steam. I, I bought, like, all three of them for, like, just under 60 I'm like, I'm always tempted. Do you guys have a, not only, like, Goodwills, but, like, we have a couple electronic Goodwills? Where I don't even know how it's illegal. Like, people drop off. The, they don't buy games back. The people donate their games hmm. and they charge, what would you call that? resale prices for like good collector's content oh wow but what's not good collector's content is loose disney infinity figures and Mm -hmm. they still look really fucking cool all of them every single one it's a shame that game ended as soon as it did really i I think it's sort of highlighted by what michael's talking about the content here is the content of the game is totally worth well worth thirty dollars because you didn't spend 190 on the figures. Yeah. And it was it could have been included in the game. I don't know, it's just odd to think about. And it's, it's odd to think about going to Hoth and like uh got to rebuild Echo Base, but first we got to clear all these rhinoceroses from Robin Hood out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's worth noting too that the the reason that it, the story is so weird is because you could take your any of your characters, any of your Star Wars characters and throw them in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess they needed a narrative consistency mm. within the story they were telling. Yeah. Uh, Pe- to, to do people that. have to be able to play as Leia from the beginning. She has right. to be able to say face-to-face to Obi-Wan, help me, you're my only hope. Or how I'm going to blow up the Death Star with Babu Frick, the best Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't around by, by the time they were doing this. But, Come uh, on. It would have been if, if, yeah. if Infinity had continued that's through true. Uh, That's true. That's true. Yeah. Did get Poe Dameron and Finn and Rey, so that's kind of cool. And characters from Rebels. And, like, yeah, the a neat thing is that uh, throughout the campaign, which is called a playset, you can find coins that will let you play as other characters. So, like, you don't have to play as Luke or Han or Leia. You can play as Boba Fett. You can play as Darth Vader and fight against the Empire and help (laughs) the Rebels build Echo Base. And an interesting thing about this, like, if you've never played it, the aesthetic is, is, like, really, really toyetic. Like... To the point where they they were clearly heavily influenced by Fisher Price, uh, Disney Infinity kind of came out of the toy box mode that was introduced in Toy Story Three, mm-hmm. and so it's all about like you know building these environments with cool things that then let you explore, and uh, you know they're they're filled with like giant rotating flaps that you can just pick up characters and throw them through, and uh, it kind of has the feel of like a Fisher Price barnyard playset, you know. Yeah, yeah little, but, little Kermit and Miss Piggies. That was the mm-hmm. most the Muppets got into the Disney Infinity. And yeah. from Disney's perspective, the these literally were like toys that were yeah. mm-hmm. were in action. Good like, looking I, toys. I, I yeah, I mean, I mean, like in the game, mm-hmm. like it's almost like a Toy Story situation where these are like these aren't like the human versions of Luke oh. and Han. These are the toy versions of yeah. Luke and Han. So like the, the conceit set. of the first Smash Brothers, like these are all toys fighting. Yeah, yeah. And and I think to that end, it, it actually, 
it's kind of fun that they had the story like this because I could totally see myself as like a six-year-old kid with my Star Wars figures just making up my own version of Star Wars with, so that mm. I could include everybody at the same time. And, and uh, if you look at it that way, I think it's yeah. actually kind of cool. And, and when, I, when I bailed on Disney Infinity was the Marvel content because it was pretty fucking rigid on who you could use in what area and what playset. Like, you couldn't just yes. throw Groot on and have him play through Avengers. Or Spi- Spider-Man's levels were very specific to Spider-Man's avi- yeah. abilities. I mean, you yes. still you still can't do that. Like, it has okay. to be characters that are unlocked for this playset. But then you go into the toy box mode, and you can play as any character on any environment. It doesn't matter. Um, you can you can have, uh, you know, the Hulk hanging out with Anakin Skywalker or whatever. I, one of my uh, favorite pictures on Instagram is just, like, Groot happily holding up Kermit the Frog. I'm like... Uh, this makes corporate acquisitions and capitalism <laughs> seem all right. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. And the Hoth level here like has a bunch of weird side quests you can undertake. At one point you you're acting as like, "Oh, we need we need we've got some new recruits. We need someone to be a tour guide. So take this tram and go find the recruits and then throw them in here and take them to where they need to go." And it's basically like a, a slow version of Crazy Taxi. Uh <laughs> But uh, and and then I think he said like they have uh, Captain Durlin or whatever in there. He's who was played yeah. by um, John Ratzenberger, right? right? Yeah. yeah, in in, yeah. in the Empire Strikes Back, and and yeah, there's like a little joke about him being played by Cliff Clavin, like saying something about I, I want to go where everybody knows my name, something like that. But uh, Woody, uh, the the <laughs> possibly the balls out strangest moment is when the actual Battle of Hoth starts because you are literally just sent out on foot to take down an AT-AT single-handedly. Empire has found us and is attacking with an AT-AT walker. We need our top people out there. Walkers will head for the main power generator. If that falls, we're done for. I need you out there. Bring down the ATAT. I have complete faith in you. Ready? I wouldn't miss this for anything. Okay. I'm just gonna go out on foot and uh, take this thing down. <laughs> and it's it's actually a fun little level because it, it's inspired by Shadow of the Colossus, where you have to blast away the armor on the Adat's legs, and then that exposes like all these these gears and these little things that you can jump on and and climb up. And so you climb up its leg. And you will like hit a lever that then like opens a panel on its side and uh, th- it becomes a platform you can hop onto. And then like one of its power uh, generators, which is just a giant battery, is exposed and you have to like break the battery and, and pull it out. And you repeat this three more times. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then you get an actual snow speeder and like, OK, now you get to do the tow cable thing and wrap around the AT-ATs and blow up other that, stuff so I, like I, I said i played through fallen order recently i think my favorite moment in that game is you're just stuck in the water and a giant ad at covered in seaweed yes. so it looks it looks so bearded cool. and old and you do and like oh shit this should be a shadow of the colossus moment but you're sort of just you know scuffling and climbing you're not doing much in between mm. so this sounds like a more advanced version of that i'm for it yeah it's it's fun as hell and again yeah game is 30 bucks for i don't think you you took the big revelation uh, oh yes yes yeah that you you have the classic uh luke vader standoff but it happens 
on Hoth as everybody's fleeing and they, you know, the whole thing about like, you're not my father. And I, but Vader, it, rather than cutting Luke's hand off, just knocks the lightsaber out of his hand. And then, you know, Luke escapes on the Millennium Falcon and uh, it continues into Return of the Jedi and everything else. But but yeah, like, well, we're just going to skip Cloud City. We're going to yep. skip everything else. Just <laughs> skip Jabba's Palace. Vader's here yep. at the beginning of the movie. No Dagobah, no Yoda. No Lando. Just, Nope, no Lando. Yeah, well, who would want a Yoda Let's Disney Infinity along. action? I think I have one. But like, there, there is, there yeah. is but... uh, Clone Wars specifically. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, right. Yoda. Yeah, he's supposed to work. That's with right. The Clone there was a Wars there was a couple content. Clone Wars figures. Uh, for... mm-hmm. Yeah, Anakin. Anakin was like came with it. Anakin and Ahsoka. Those were yep, the ones okay. that came with the actual like game. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then you had to buy the rest if you wanted to play. Bullshit. But, um, Everybody wants yeah. that Anakin figure. You got, you got it. No one wants the Vader figure. And again, these were all like, I don't know, seemingly designed by like Pixar's department. So when I still have a couple on the shelf, so it's just like seeing Hulk next to Baloo and Donald and Vader, and they had the same stylistic consistency. Mm-hmm. It's very neat. And uh, mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. Disney sort of abandoned all that because now it's just left up to pops, which are currently in dumpsters Ugh. across the nation. I'll just yep. say it. I'd rather have Disney Infinity than Amiibo. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it, the promise of a toy to life game that's never really existed with Amiibos. Amiibos are fucking collectibles. Yeah. Collectibles yeah, for sure. 30 plus year old people to put them they're, on the They're shelf. collectibles. I like putting Pac Man in Mario Maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll unlock things like that, like Pac Man and Mario Maker. You could, or, yeah, you could use Sonic yeah, yeah. and Pac Man and Mario Maker. But but like mm-hmm. they they well, I mean, they dropped most of that compatibility yeah. at some point. That's the thing. The problem with Amiibo, like I love Amiibo, and that's kind of the only toys to life things I still have even displayed. But it's they require like extra development work from each dev team of each game. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to put Pac Man in your game, you got to get those rights. Yep. You got to talk to the Pac Man folks, and and you got to write that code. Versus Infinity is just like just Disney. Yeah, we own all the shit, and we're going to put it in ourselves, yeah. right? So that's mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a different. Drag and drop everything from the previous game into 3.0 and should work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the way I kind of approach Amiibos at this point is like, hey, what do I want to display on a shelf that looks cool? And any digital functionality is just gravy. Like, I was was poking around my Switch's UI the other day, and I'm like, oh, that's where you can, like, put save games on your Amiibo. Who does this? Like, those people should be on a list. It's it's not necessarily Smash players. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, but as long as we're talking about Pac-Man and, you know, the house that Pac-Man built, why not move <laughs> along to... Clearly PS5. Playing a kind of fucked up version of the Star Wars theme. Yeah, is this arcade? But the nope. fullest version of it to, to that point, mm. uh, in in chiptune form. Yeah, you want to you want to say what this is, Seabag? Uh yeah, it's it's the Namco Star Wars game, which I think we talked about last time. We, we did, too, we did. But we're gonna but, have a different. But angle this time we can drill down uh, yeah. into the weirdness that is its Hoth, or rather ah. Kina level. Uh, yes, and and for those who don't know, it only came out in Japan in 1987 yes. for the Famicom. Yeah, and it's yeah sort of a, a weird hodgepodge of Star Wars influenced 
levels. And this might be the strangest take on Hoth ever. <laughs> like, I mean, aside from it being called a different thing, but I mean, you did confirm like, no, this is supposed to be Hoth. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's just logically it has to be Hoth. Yeah. Like, there's no... It's, it's Unless got, they just wanted to make an ice planet yeah. and call it uh, Tina, that's what it's called. But it's got reason. it's got Vader turning into a Wampa yes. as a boss, which is what? weird. There's also a part where what? like you you have to <laughs> you have to get across like this this big uh, body of water, and the way you do this is C-3PO will talk to a whale. And the whale, which is literally a cartoon, looks like fucking Fudgy the whale, will ferry you across the ocean to where you need to go. Uh, it makes no goddamn sense. No. And uh, it is, and and yes, the whole thing is, uh, Wampa Vader has frozen Chewbacca in ice, so you need to find your way over to Chewbacca and trigger this scene. And uh, yeah, Chewbacca says, uh, one second. I, I love the... you. <laughs> exactly. Well, pretty much. He says, Row Rower, I was freezing to death in there. And you get a little image of him kissing Luke. It's, uh, <laughs> it is an adorable sprite. It is absolutely It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> it should be the image and for this show, but it's way too difficult to blow up. His head is just like <laughs> solid blonde hair with like two little dots. Yeah, well like he's just <laughs> mostly just two big eyes. He looks like oh like a, you know, love is character or something. Like <laughs> worth mentioning too, Luke himself does not have blonde hair in the right. the actual play no. of the sprite. Luke's he's head like looks black. more like a penguin, honestly. We can't yeah. confirm that Chewie isn't actually the band Nelson from the 80s with the two blonde <laughs> hair just next to each other. Sure. It could could be Nelson or Chewie. Could be, could the, be. The, you know, debate's still out. <laughs> that's that's a reference people you know still understand. I, I just watched the new Nelson. episode of Beavis and Butthead. I saw the T-shirt. Nelson was on my Everyone mind. Everyone loves Nelson. Oh wow! Nelson. Spoiler for the new season I... of Beavis and Butthead. Stewart's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone wears a Nelson T-shirt. Yeah. Something I'm not sure we talked about last time. Maybe we did. Forgive me if we did. But uh, you know, the, the Wampa Vader mm-hmm. is. There's a theme throughout the entire game where you fight Darth Vader and he turns into something. Yes. The Scorpion is best known because it's the first level. This is a very hard game. It's a one hit or you get hit once you die kind of game. Yeah. Oh. Uh, not many continues. So most people aren't even going to make it this far. But yeah, throughout the game, Vader changes forms. But like actually in the Japanese instruction manual, it, it lays out that these are not actually Darth Vader. Mm. <laughs> these are like minions of Darth Vader who pretend to be him and transform so it makes total sense now right yeah (laughs) i mean as far as like 8-bit game logic i mean it's not terribly far-fetched it's just it's just so odd that i mean i'm not not saying namco should have taken this more seriously or anything like that because the jvc game is dog shit uh so that 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 game's no better i loved it at the time but yeah i can't really argue with that yeah um, well, right, I think see, Bake, you, you... if you're so smart, I need you to explain to me how come the cover instead of saying Namcos is Namcot. All the their top. NES and, and Famicom games said Namcot. I don't. So I think it's just like what they I actually looked this up, oh, and yes, okay. that is exactly what it is. What? It was a spin-off company that handled uh, home ports oh. and was consolidated into Namco proper 
1995. So they were like an ultra so, for Konami. Yeah, so they basically they funded it with the money earned by, I think, the NES version of Xevious. And Jesus. so to the point where, like, Namcot's headquarters was actually nicknamed Xevious. What the fuck? So that, so, now you know. Now you know the, the story. The, the NES port like of hear... Xevious founded a company? Like, what the fuck? Basically. Well, you know, a satellite company, sure. but yeah. Sorry. Would you look? Would you guys like to hear an actual quote from a developer of this game yes. about the, the crazy More story? This is from my book, X Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Hell Vader. Yeah. The simple truth was to make it fun as a game, we had to take some design liberties, says Hiro- Hiroyuki Kawada, a longtime Namco composer who worked on the game. He wrote the, the music that we were listening to earlier. Uh, he admits to not being entirely pleased with how Vader was treated, but also notes, in order to realize it as a game, we couldn't just trace the main story of the movie, but had to add story and include mechanics to make it a game. That's basically yeah, what he has yeah. to say. Star Wars, yeah. not a lot of action in those it's movies. True. You really have <laughs> to stretch. It's a lot of driving. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds a little bit like what they did for the cover art, because it's like, the cover art, I'm like, oh cool, they have like the original Star Wars art, and it's like, no, when you zoom in, it's like it's close to that original art, but it's very flea market version of that art. It's like, oh, mm. someone ordered the Wish.com version of the yeah. Star Wars poster, and that's yeah, in this wonder, game's art. It's well, wild. Speaking of which, Seabake, you point out in your book that like one of the Vader incarnations is actually referred to in the instruction manual as Gauss Vader. Mm-hmm. Gauss being a Gamera monster. Like, Hell how the yeah, fuck you. did they get away with that? I mean, I think Gauss is like a... No one cares. No, it's like a <laughs> no trademark thing. Oh, it is? Uh, I thought it was a, a yeah. legendary character in Japan somehow. Uh, I know uh, my Gamera. My, what I, I uncovered Gamera. was that it was a trademark thing, but, you know, maybe there is some... Weird mythological under. I thought it was just a painful condition caused by eating too much salt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, yeah, what, what are else is... are you going to do when you're on Crete? Yeah. Boom! Another Crete <laughs> reference on May 4th. Vader turns into a shark, also. And... <laughs> yeah. The it's... game came with a photo of George Lucas shaking hands with the Namco president. Did it really? Of course it did. Yeah. I mean, I, I've only been in Japan twice and. They were nuts over Star Wars, so I I don't want to say like it's it's interesting to think of where Lucas Arts was at that point because how old a company do you think they were at that point, Baker? Like three, four. Oh, years Lucas old? Arts had nothing to do with this. I mean, yeah, Lucasfilm okay. licensing probably just gave the license to Namco. Probably bought it. And, okay. Um, I mean, the question is like, why didn't it come to America? Yeah, and it could actually be because it's so freaking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably also I, I because. Honestly, JVC had the regional license for it. Yeah, that's probably. I would love to see someone like Limited Run Games, I made bit Hell yeah. take this and finally release it to America. Well, as I'm tell I think John you, that you and I both it's know from experience, Disney loves releasing content that it oh, doesn't yeah. have to do anything for. <laughs> and uh, that's true. And uh, let another company handle everything. You know what I'd really love to see though is like a. a Kawabunga uh, collection style thing for, for Star Wars yeah. mm-hmm. with like that being like one of yeah, the, the big yeah. the things you've never had before that you know yeah yeah it's why I bought the Castlevania collection twice god damn it <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Kid Dracula I got it now on Switch and PS4 good for me <laughs> I just want to hear a remastered version of this great commercial Namco Star Wars 
回1号の出番はないゲームはナムコスターウォーズナムコ really or not ナムコ but like I this is a really dumb observation that I, but I've never used it on the show before、uh, we didn't really have the 15 second commercials back in the day and Japan has a ton of them so if you want to fall down a rabbit hole of 80s video game commercials it's so fun they're over before you get bored yeah All our commercials were a minute to 30. Dude, commercials used to be one to two minutes in like the black and white days. It's, it's excruciating. Ah, cigarettes. Let's talk to a doctor. We have all the time in the world.、Yeah. I, I love the <laughs> Castlevania commercial. It's just like a punk rock dude screaming, Dorakura, Dorakura, Dorakura. And I, like, while this guy dressed in a suit and in a cape is like running toward the camera, chasing it around. Yeah, it's, they're all awesome.、Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Japanese 15 second commercials.、Oh, it's、yeah. the original TikTok for me. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so, anyway, that is our top five weird Hoth levels. A, a veritable farrago of, of Hoths.、Uh, hope you enjoyed it.、Uh, And there are more. <laughs> is that what a murder of Hoths is called? In my book. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, <laughs> lightsabers and Darth Vader scorpions.、What、X Wings, lightsabers,、Fair. and Scorpion Vader. Hashtag Scorpion Vader. Look.、Hey. Hashtag、uh, Scorpion. No. I think it's just hashtag Scorpion Vader. I'm using it.、Yeah. I, I, hashtag Scorpion Vader. I love,、yeah. loved, loved Baker's last book. And I、uh, cannot wait. It's a long、this. time ago now.、It's、I know, I know. But、years. that's like, I know you were at a limit of like what you could do publishing that. So, like, this is going to be like so much easier for you to do at this point. And、um, I don't know if you have as lavish a- approach to screenshots in this one. But,、uh, oh, yeah. There's, that, that's, dude, that you, takes you, so much time. You killed it in, in wrong. Like everything has a corresponding screenshot. It was like what I was trying to do at Games Radar. It's not enough just to tell you this exists like、yeah. the rest of the internet. Like, you got to show people. And that means you got to, if you're capturing it yourself, you got to fight and get there. <laughs> well, you know, my background is magazines. So I,、right. I've,、uh, hmm. I've got the,、uh, that's still a big part of me is like, you know, thinking of what the screenshot should be here. And,、yeah. you know, when I have an ebook I can put out, I can just put whatever I want there. It's just one of those things I, I don't think I've mentioned, like pictures of all this stuff. That's what's fucking dope. Because, like, there's even YouTube videos that talk about it, talk about rumors instead of, like, digging, digging up a、yeah. game and show. Just steal another YouTube video, talking head kid. Good lord. Well, that's been our top five.、Uh, and then、oh, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Redfall and more Jedi Survivor and other new releases and news and other stuff. So stay tuned. Take the restraining ball. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back to back. I'm kind of becoming comic obsessed in the early to mid 80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically, I could just rent the first two over and over again. 
So I watch those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner Cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? To coin- 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It. I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the n- nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about Okay, okay. Them. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're going to dive headlong into that Wonderful segment known only as He stole it because there's so few Now there really is not a lot We can talk more about uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor But the big Disney Speedstorm Disney Speedstorm That's where it's at Racing Figment against uh, (laughs) against Boba Fett Still need to play Honky Star Rail too. It's downloaded I I have it downloaded Haven't played it (laughs) Uh, Redfall did anybody get a chance to play Redfall this week? No, we don't have advanced code. What the fuck are you talking about? It's on Game Pass, you assholes. On Friday. No, Wait, no. What did I do? Why am I an asshole? <laughs> no, I thought it was. I thought it wasn't out till the end of the no, week. No, it came out on Tuesday. Oh no, no, no! I don't think it did. I have it. I've been playing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I saw it was coming out Friday. Nope. I have been paying abnormal attention to it just mm-hmm. because. I, I, I like uh, we, a lot on this show. I've talked a lot about like, oh, what is life development life under Microsoft like for Bethesda? Slash, we talk about Game Pass a lot and how that model works. And here's this first big AAA game that was announced during the existence of Game Pass and developed largely under the Microsoft's ownership of Bethesda. Let's see how this goes, and we can talk more about this. And like, I've never seen coverage like this like people hate redfall (laughs) it's like the headline i kept seeing on other sites like this is not going well no i I think it started a few weeks ago when they preemptively announced and i kind of know why they preemptively did it because it's like well you don't wait for launch and then have people discover this but they're like yeah we don't have 60 frames mode or there was something with the performance i'm like oh god why would you why would you admit that and why would a first party title not have 60 frames you know and then it mm-hmm. it only went downhill from there well, when the, i started seeing reviews the and, reviews have not been great and i think part of it is they might not be so low if it were anyone other than arcane at the controls because that's a positive i, I think yeah with with arcane they there's sort of a mismatch of expectations that people yeah. like reading a couple of the reviews like the reviewers obviously expected this would be something along the lines of uh dishonored or, or prey. yeah or prey or um what was the one this that is we this really is where a, a game that may not be a commercial hit can go to live and mm-hmm. succeed yeah and what what we got instead it's it feels to me just you know having played it for a couple of hours feels uh sort of similar to borderlands but with more of a horror theme and like there are very clearly some ai issues that need to be ironed out like you know enemies aren't always responsive to you they will sometimes get the drop on you but then run in front of you anyway uh they you know seem to have some trouble aiming uh, that was so it's the, a little too big... easy 
the big takeaway I saw, like it's supposed to be a horror game and you're supposed to have these abilities to fend these people off and like they ignore the abilities hmm. and they these vampire zombie creatures never stop spawning. They always respawn. Uh, they're dumb as shit and don't respond to the abilities you're supposed to combat them with. Well, also and, like a lot of the enemies you'll be fighting, especially early on, are just cultists who have like balaclavas and guns. And so, like, their whole thing is like, oh, we want to find victims to give to the vampires so the vampires will leave us alone. And But they also take, like, what, a billion shots to take down? <laughs> I, I was headshotting them, like, one-shotting one okay. them with the, the starter pistol, uh, okay. which is quite powerful, actually. I, I picked the, uh, I forget his name, the guy with the, like, the glowing uh, vampire eye who uh, is a sniper. That's Bob. Sure. <laughs> You're just making that up. I am. I'm not surprised to hear that the AI isn't that scary because we all know the only truly horrific AI is that abomination pizza commercial. That's the only terrifying mm. AI thing I've seen recently. It's the Conan O'Brien eating fried chicken. Yeah, I, that is disturbing. The I will not hear any disparagement for pepperoni hug spot. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 really. Uh, but but I read a rev- uh, like more than one review roundup, and every everyone's like. Hey, we wanted to love this. Yeah, yeah, vampire, vampire, awesome supernatural creature game. Like, yes, yeah, and it. we didn't need this right now. And it's clear it would have benefited from more time in the oven. Like, why did you just release this now as a Game Pass exclusive? There were those news stories about Hi-Fi Rush didn't meet expectations, and everyone's confused. Like, what does that mean? Because you gave it a day one <laughs> Xbox yeah, or a there Game were Pass no expectations. So yeah, like, uh, like, side. did you expect to make money in this thing? I just went and downloaded this cool game you showed me mm-hmm. day one. I didn't pay you anything because that's how the model works. But it also doesn't really incentivize people to spend another year of polish on a game, does it? I don't know. I'm it's guessing, that, and I don't have any firsthand knowledge here. I haven't had discussions, but I'm guessing what they mean by that is. They weren't able to directly measure a huge jump in subscriptions after that game came out, right? Because that's the Probably. only like true result, other than this the game sales. Because you know you can still buy that game if you're not a Game Pass subscriber. But as as you said, Chris, like most people, if they're subscribers, they're just going to go download it for free. Yeah, quote unquote, it's, as part it's of the right there in the play. store. Like, yeah. buy it for forty dollars or get it for free with Game Pass. And you I think would- Netflix and a lot of subscription services have slowly sort of come to this realization over the years, like very few pieces of content can drive new subscribers, but a lot of them can make existing subscribers go back and engage with their content, right? It's like, yeah, oh, I, I, if I'm already a subscriber to Netflix and they announce a show I want to watch, like, oh, cool, I'll go watch that now. I think that was primarily a discovery from Warner Brothers, <laughs> and that's why they, that's why all the Batman stuff is coming to Amazon now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that sort of speaks to a mentality of like, oh, we're, we're all about growth. We figure once somebody starts paying for us, they'll just continue paying us in perpetuity because they're lazy and we don't have to worry about keeping them happy. Like, I can't imagine that 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 is an actual mentality, but like that that's kind of how you're making it sound with that. Here's an analogy I'll, I'll make. So, you guys ever been to a hometown buffet or, or any of these all you can eat style oh, eateries? Never. So, did you ever, like, how how often have you ever said, like, 
Oh man, they just added prime rib to the menu at Hometown Buffet. I need to go. No, you don't go in for a specific item. It's you're you just happen to be at a hometown buffet and it's like oh, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna eat what's here because I came for the all you can eat buffet. Like that's why I'm a Game Pass subscriber. I don't subscribe for a specific game. I go because I'm already there, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to sample a little bit of what what's on the menu already. Yeah, right? I, I go to a hometown buffet not because I'm after a specific item, but because I'm an indecisive glutton. Right. Yes. yes. Right. Same mentality <laughs> applies to streaming. And, and that's that, – I don't know how we got there from Redfall, but it's like – and that's why Redfall to me should make perfect sense on this service because it's like, yeah, it's like hometown buffet. If I don't like – these fucking green beans. I don't have to eat the green beans. I take a bite, and yes, I know that's very wasteful and American, and I'm sorry, but it's like, yeah, I'm gonna throw the fucking green beans away because I didn't, yeah. I didn't in my mind, I didn't pay for the green beans. I paid for everything else with, and they they happen yeah. to be there, you know. This Waterdew melon has maggots in it. Can't complain because I get a free Sunday. But <laughs> I, I I get why people though are you know they want to hold this game to a higher standard because it is. It's technically a first-party title. And it's so a Bethesda game. It, it is, yeah. It's very frustrating, and especially because Bethesda, they slowed down their release cadence after being acquired. So, you know, right. a lot of people kind of scratch their head. They're going like, this This took this long? I also, I think, Chris, you sort of nailed one thing. I'm like, shouldn't we have kept this in the oven till Halloween time? Yeah. This would be the perfect Halloween release. Like, give me yeah, vampire like, fighting. The Breath of the October. Wild will be out in a fucking week. Like, why compete against that? This should the Game Pass, if anything, should be the perfect place to get people into a live service where they might spend more money. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so why not hold it off? And 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 it got me thinking just because, like, you know, Bethesda they launch everything great, and it, it, most Bethesda games are great. But their last launch was Fallout seventy six, which was not great, and that was had nothing to do with Microsoft, but. I still don't see why this came out now because everyone seems to want to like it and see the potential in it, but this is a beta. But instead, it's the full game launched right now, and it's gonna—it's it, a fart. It's—it's yeah, a, a little whimper of a fart. The 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 only theories I can have why it came out now is Microsoft just did an earnings call, so it might be one of those things like, hey, we're gonna do our earnings call. And the stocks are going to do what they're going to do from that call, and then we're going to sneak this thing out so that it doesn't affect the the stock price around that. It could also just be, I think we've all worked on games at some point where we just know, yeah. like, hey, this thing could be in the oven for another year. It's not going to maybe change the core gameplay stuff that yes. makes a game good or bad. And it's at yes. that point you just cut bait. You go, all right, and and that's and that's the beauty also of game pass i was thinking about where like they knew that and like this isn't going to get any better and we don't want to invest any more resources in it but we will technically bring it out yeah right and uh happy uh <laughs> no 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 one's happy and it it kind of shakes the found it, for me it shakes my uh what i believe what life is like development wise under microsoft mm. especially after uh you know seems like a lot of halo people are leaving you know but probably this game began development before the Microsoft acquisition. I mean, the other thing this is an indicator of is like, so Michael, you mentioned like, hey, this is arcane, but it's sort of like with Bioware, when multiple studios started being renamed Bioware, it sort of cheapens that brand because you don't know, well, what does that mean? Is that, you know, and it's very similar with arcane. It's like, okay, is this the arcane studio on the East Coast? Is this, I think this one's coming out of Austin. Yeah, Texas it's, it's arcane Austin. Right, and so it's like, 
just saying, hey, this is Arcane, it's like, well, that might not mean so much. The more offices they name Arcane, it's like they... It kind of just, they lose a lot of that arcane cachet because it's like, well, it's not the same team. They're not even in the same city, right? And, well, didn't, and didn't they do uh, Prey? Isn't that the studio that handled that? They might have. They did. They might have. But I mean, it, that was that was six years did, ago now, so most of those people could have moved But even on. that, like, was a, a, a sizable failure, was it not? Like, um, it, on launch? I think so. I don't, I don't think it's regarded as a financial success. And, and, and Dishonored, I think Dishonored's one of the greatest games of the last generation, um, even though I think it came out on PS3. But I think that's the core of Game Studio, like, on the East Coast. Like, I know, I know, I know, but I don't think it was ever really a sales jogger. None, none of their like games, that. I don't think, are huge sales-wise, and that's why they're it's sort of perfect that Arcane is now part of Microsoft because they don't really need to be as long as they're good games for Game Pass, but mm-hmm. they got to be good games. That's what I, that's, <laughs> that's what I hate because it makes me like wrong and right. Like uh, I, I'm not sure how what life is going to be like inside Microsoft as a developer, a creative person, but also I guess there's not a lot to lose because like you, there's still money to be made, big air quotes, because somebody gets paid through the Game Pass process? Does first party get paid? I don't know. Uh, it's confusing, but I'll download it. I'll play the fuck out of it. I, I, I intended to, uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm balls deep in uh, Cal Kestis, so what am I supposed to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Please so... rephrase that phrasing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but actually, I mean, no. that that's sort of a point, though, is, is even though reviews are bad for this, because it's on Game Pass, I will still download it to see for myself yeah. because what else? There's nothing for, to lose. Very true. For what it's worth, I, worth, I think uh, the the world is very interesting. The way that it's designed, like there's a lot of cool stuff. Like right at the beginning, you're finding your way out of this ferry, and then you like walk out and you realize like, oh, the ferry's like sitting at the bottom of this harbor, which is dry because all of the water has been pushed up by vampires to form these massive walls. So you're not going anywhere. You're stuck in Red like Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, a little bit yeah. like that. But um, more like the Old Testament, dude. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Moses, motherfucker, the original Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm having fun with it, but like I said, it is kind of too easy for maybe the wrong reasons. And uh, mm. you know, I, I hope it's one of those things where, like, yeah, they, they'll go back and hammer out the kinks, and then you know, six months, this will be really and, good. And that's, but I don't know. We, we, Matt and I didn't dive into Ghostwire Tokyo until semi-recently and that was sort of the this is a this should be, a, this would be like a 7 out of 10 AAA game but I didn't pay for it so it feels pretty good <laughs> yeah uh, but like it, it is technically kind of boring and easy and there's not a lot to do it's why I'm less and, critical of movies on planes, I didn't pay to see them <laughs> right, it's it's part of my ticket and so I, it's I suppose, like, but but like that, that was also an, uh, technically that's another like, what was Bethesda's last game under non-first party rule, I can't even remember at this point uh, was uh, it Fallout 76? It was, I mean, Deathloop was sort of half and half, right, like they, they were, had, were just about to ship that game they got acquired, that's why that game came out to Playstation as an exclusive, so I count. Well, that. it was it was PlayStation funded the development of that game, so like it's a first party game. Yeah, um, it, and then they were acquired. It by Might Microsoft, have been Fallout so. seventy six or maybe Dishonored: Death of the Stranger or whatever that one. That. So not to complicate and elongate this, it's just that Redfall is the first like Bethesda release under Microsoft first party slash Game Pass, yeah. like the Game Pass model, and and I wanted to see how that looked because. Uh, I remember, remember how excited we were for Back for Blood, and it didn't 
immediately hit us and like it we all wanted the best for back for blood yeah similar deal. and uh uh yeah it's a perfect place for a, a, a live game to exist it's it's why you pay for game pass like i should if i want to pay for extra content i will we we kind of just fell off and like most people did for back for blood it was not left for dead three it's we wanted it to be uh, I don't know what people expected for Redfall, but it was kind of a lot given the Bethesda pedigree, and here we are, kind of disappointed. I don't know. I'm sad. I feel sad. Let's move on. Well, we can talk some more about uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor now that more people besides Chris have had a chance to play, and I am utterly charmed by it. I, I did not expect it to lean so hard into the theme of found families, and mm-hmm. that, you know, it's it's kind of more, especially in the beginning, it's more about these, you know, relationships that uh, Cal Kestis has formed previously. And, it, you know, they, these people like, you know, Grease are, are like his family. And it's more about like, hey, let's hang out. I, I prepped a room for you under my, my bar, which is named after my great grandma and the, the great grandma of one of the real developers, uh, Pyloon Saloon. It's it's unbelievably great writing yeah the great grandma of tarkin i'm grandma grandma tarkin (laughs) try my pie (laughs) (laughs) but it's also yeah kind of neat in that like you know it feels a little bit like the like the assassin's creed homestead or something and that like oh you meet people out in the world and like oh hey i'm i'm a uh an archaeologist and i'm fighting off wildlife with my notebook like oh why don't you go back to my bar that's a good idea. I'll live there now. And <laughs> but but then like you go back and there's like all these characters that you've met in the open yeah. world and they're all hanging out and talking to each other. That's pretty cool. I didn't make the Assassin's Creed connection because we were talking about this off mic and Michael was saying comparing it to certain games and initially I was thinking Mass Effect just because I remember Mass Effect three. You know, you run out, you do your missions, and then like the cooler mission in my opinion was running around the normandy and talking to all your friends yep. and see what yeah. the fuck they're doing but it it's not as impactful it, it, you were saying that w- what is this game trying to be or what do you compare it to and i was comparing it to mass effect but i think your assassin's creed comparison is yeah. a little more apt. and I, I i think you know I, I was also saying like this game really clearly wants to be god of war like 2016 god of war it mm-hmm. uh but and and I think this might have been true of the first game that it has like the the stance thing from like like with Sekiro where like an enemy will block and you'll have to wail on them until you you wear down their their block meter and then you know they'll be staggered Stagger for a second. Like, I mean, I thought, did you? What level did you play on, everybody? Well, um, after after you said that the default level was too easy, I went to the next one up, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. a decent challenge. Yeah, like not too not too difficult, but it, that's about what I would imagine normal to be. I actually never brushed it up, but I know I'm not parrying well, and I know I'm cutting through things that would normally get me fucked. Um, but yeah, the default level, as opposed to the first game, is a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, I went with the default level, and I've had a, a, a mostly easy time until I got to the first boss, and then I, I like my fifth time against her, I was like, I'm just gonna kick it down for for this and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just want to enjoy the story more at this point than, than be frustrated. I was like five or six hours in before I realized, oh, that's how you throw your lightsaber. I thought it was something I had to unlock again. L1, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that stance has it as an automatic. Yeah. Well, run. L1 and triangle, but... 
I do love about this game too that you you start out as a badass and you, mm-hmm. you don't feel mm-hmm. like your powers are stripped away or anything. Right, right. You're only getting stronger. I'm I'm embarrassed because like we were talking the show like uh, yeah there's a dual wield stance where I, I I for some reason I can't be Darth Maul I can't do the double I don't really like I it either yeah I can't do it and it's it I think it's kind of the most powerful in the game and and then I think Michael said like ah why can't I get a Kylo Ren heavy lightsaber with a hilt and like you do. <laughs> You do get that, and that thing has been my default ever since. Hmm. Um, I look forward to that for sure. That's cool. Uh, yeah, but you get two. You can choose two from where I'm at, at least five stances. I saw you can control the angle of the the guards too, right? Like the mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's pretty sweet. Oh, neat. Uh, actually, yeah. there, there's something that I saw that perplexed me a little bit. And Seabake, since you're here, I want to know. There, there is a moment where you see a Jedi disassemble his lightsaber take out the crystal and it turns red like it's not red to start with he turns it red and that's like this big like oh shit he's a fallen jedi moment yeah and what is the deal with that why why do only Uh, Sith have red lightsabers yeah it it has to do there's some something with blood that, Hmm. that, that you do uh as part of the the ritual and that's what gives it it's kind of crimson tint and uh yeah, I think I think there's something like Kylo Ren specifically like broke his, and that's why it's all kind of mm-hmm. you know just it's, it it's, did always seem overclocked. Like this shouldn't yeah, be running exactly. like this. Uh, yeah, I, I should have a better answer than that, but it, it does have something to do with like using your your own blood as part of the ritual, and and there's there's even like uh, like people are, are speculating in the Ahsoka show how like it's kind of it's a different kind of a red blade. It's almost an orange blade in hmm. Ahsoka. And and people are like speculating that like these are they they tend toward the dark side, but they aren't like fully dark. And, and it is yes. there is lore to it. You, you do get some some uh, blade options in this that veer very close to red. Like you get magenta and orange, but you can't actually it's always go been red. mine. I'm reading I'm a, a screen rant article explaining this. So you are you're mostly right, Seabake. Apparently, not only are the Sith have they gone to the dark side, but their lightsabers and kyber crystals have as well. So they fill the crystal with all of the negative parts of the force, the, you know, like hatred, rage and all that shit. And the reason it's red is because the crystal is doing this bleeding process from all of that negativity that they put into it. So it's, Ah, they have brought the kyber crystal to the dark side of the force with them. Yeah. That I think in the notes, it's like he bled his lightsaber. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? That sounds awesome. Did George Lucas think of that in the seventies? Probably not. No. That probably. I, I have no idea <laughs> when that bit of lore came about. I only heard about it in the last few years. I know in Michael's talk, there's a moment in the series that something happens to a kyber crystal. We're like, were we supposed to know what that was? Because I watch every Star Wars thing ever, and I have no idea what happened there and why that was. The music swelled. The seven seventy-two piece orchestra yeah. blared, and like, what happened? I had to look it up. Uh. Yeah, but but I do like that about Jedi Survivor. I, I like it, but all, not to fuck around with canon anymore. In addition to Cal, at some point becomes Mega Man X for for me. He is full Mega Man X, down to the poses and everything, and no one's ever talked about him in the uh, original trilogy. Nope. Uh, but I forgot where I was going. Shit. 
shit. It was not, not just even that. Yoda knows about him in Return of the Jedi, or, or you will the last of the Jedi will you be? He tells Luke. So, uh, you know, either he's dead. Oh, oh, yeah. But possible. you're playing the game, sort of knowing like you're never going to succeed, or we would have heard about you. So, how long can this game go? <laughs> uh, you, we know you fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not giving you any spoilers because I know I'm, I'm probably a little ahead of you guys. And there's a ton of stuff to spoil, weirdly. Uh, I think one of the better games, it, it's already a goatee candidate for me. Oh, wow. Uh, and if that upsets you, that's quote unquote spoiler, maybe don't watch Rogue One. I don't know. Like, that's the kind of spoiler. It's like, <laughs> yes, we know how this stuff works. And, well, uh, I mean, we, we had that in a, a top five about, like, you know, you know from the outset that this mission is going to fail because you know what happens in Star Wars and it's not yes. what these guys are envisioning. Uh, but they, yeah, that also, I saw a meme the other day that was like, you know, just close up on Buzz Lightyear in his packaging saying, like, I'm a Jedi who survived Order 66. And then, like, cut, pull away to, like, shelves full of Buzz Lightyears. <laughs> like, yeah, so there seem to be an awful lot of those. I know the galaxy's a very big place, it, but they never treat it that way. They treat it like it's about the size of Arizona. And this is a sick of Star Wars rant, but, like, uh, you know, like, uh you're a Jedi, like, uh, yeah, around the clone saga, I'm like, the cloney people didn't think to incorporate Jedi DNA? Midichlorian manufacturing? Mm-hmm. They didn't think about that? Uh, no, they didn't want to make the clones too powerful, because they wanted them to be easy to kill in case they rebelled. It's part of Mandalorian. Hmm. The, like, the, and it has, like, even if you haven't seen the most recent season, that's important to the Mandalorian. I think you mentioned this in your book, Seabake. Isn't doesn't the Django Fett game deal with like how he was? They, they decided to go. Yeah, with... that's not canon, but but yeah, yeah. It, it's actually the Django Fett, uh, the, the Star Wars bounty hunter, the game for mm. PS2 and GameCube, is the story of how Django Fett was selected to be the template for the clone army. But like, he fights a light a, a, a Jedi for the. The, the honor, like a fallen Jedi yeah, or something. It's uh, well, he has he has a rival Mandalorian who's mm. who's going for it too. But uh, yeah, there's like a a cult, like some I don't know if it's actually a Sith cult, but it's a Sith esque cult. And uh, I I can't remember if there is an actual like dark Jedi that you fight, but uh, yeah, you you defeat her as I think it's her mm. as Jango, and Count Dooku shows up. And he's like, I am very impressed with you. Yes. God, the, the, I got Mandalorians are, are so cool and have like, but are not cool enough to want me to get to join them and see them in Disney World. Like you guys seem like you suck to hang out with. Ah, you took <laughs> your helmet off. You got to go bathe with a monster. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll allow you back in. We have a lot of arcane rules. He took a bath. He took a monster bath. Monster bath. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I really like it, and I really like how. Um, I, I don't mean to shit on the um, new Disney trilogy because I had two thirds of that I had a lot of fun with, including like a third of Rise of the Skywalker. But it's just like now that we've seen the the, the the new trilogy, it's over. It's over. What do they tell us about anything? Like these games could do a lot more, and they kind of are. This game kind of is. Uh, because the, the, that that trilogy didn't answer any fucking questions at all. Like it, it, it didn't. It didn't. There was no. There was no satisfying reason for anything. They're just tying lineages together, like in ways that surprise you in cliffhangers. Uh, but 
I, I, I really, I, I like more what this game is doing with Star Wars canon than I liked what, I think at the end of the day, what the original trilogy did. So like, I, I'm, I'm feeling more Star Wars than ever before, uh, than having just played this. And maybe that last episode of Mandalorian was fucking great. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, once again, that's why I called it sick of Star Wars. I am sick of Star Wars until the moment I'm not. And I don't know how Disney keeps choreographing this. Like, here's a Mandalorian episode, and five days later, boom, Jedi Survivor, and then silence for 18 months. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Ahsoka will happen soon. I know, I know. I just, I'm it's not. Honest, I think. Yeah, hmm. it's not too far. Um, it, I haven't I haven't watched much of the Clone Wars. I'm, uh, um, I think I watched most of her episodes of the Clone Wars. Because uh, at least Disney Plus has like, because that that series is insane uh, in terms of uh, the chronology of how it's told. Baker, you watch? Have you watched it? Yes, it's uh, all told out of sequence. It, there is some out of sequence stuff, but it's mostly in sequence. Yeah. And there is a guide. When I did, I did like a. I watched them most of the time when they came out, but like a couple years ago, I just watched the whole series and I did it via a guide and. and it's easy to do. No, it's it's There's on like, Disney Plus. Like you want to see all the Asuka episodes? Here you are. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you want to see them yeah, in the, order? Here they are. The the just progression of Ahsoka in that show is is tremendous because she goes. She's awful in season one. I hated her, hmm. but like by the end of the show, she's like the best thing. And and like especially that la- the last that new season they came out with a couple years ago is mm-hmm. just the last two episodes or, or four episodes, I guess, are like. That's like one of the best Star Wars movies. Really? Like, oh yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, that's good to know. I mean, because that yeah. I can pinpoint and go watch. Uh, it like coincides with Order sixty six and what she's doing, and she's fighting Maul. Because I was time, watching with the dark saber. I watched that. a couple episodes cool. of Bad Batch, and it's just like, wow, a bunch of conversations happening miles away from the fireworks factory I'm like god damn it star wars quit it quit it <laughs> I, I tried to watch like an episode of the bad batch and it's like yeah something about this it kind of still has like a kid's show quality that the yeah. the live action stuff doesn't. people love the bad batch i i, I know. it's i think it's fine it's just not something i need to watch yeah, well, I, I think I, I just heard it so breathlessly talked up that, like, when I finally watched an episode, there's some like, cool stuff that happens yeah, in that okay. show, like, uh, like the the moment where Palpatine uh, dictates that the clones are to be ended and and mm-hmm. we're going to use humans as, as stormtroopers. I, I don't even remember what the reasoning was, but it, but the way they present that is is, is very compelling. And um, um, that was in a few episodes ago in the last season. To get back to Jedi Survivor, like, I think it's some of the best writing and, and creations of new Star Wars characters that I've seen in a while. Like, and, and I'm not a guy who likes to sit around and listen to people talk. And there is a lot of that in this game because you go in the bar and, but I, I've, once you learn about them, like, yeah, my job is creating music or my job is, um, or you, that one fucking Ben Mendelsohn looking dude at the end of the bar. If you haven't seen him yet, the blue guy, mm-hmm. Molan, um, uh yeah, I've heard about you. Well, I haven't heard anything about you. Good. And he's always <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> he's always sitting there. Uh, and good. I'm actually Thrawn. Ha 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 ha. He yeah. looks like a Thrawn. Yeah. He, but he has an interesting a chiss. He has an interesting story <laughs> to tell, and like all of them do. And like in 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 
I don't know if uh, this will get the kind of... It seems like it should get more press attention. The, the biggest, deepest gay relationship in Star Wars is in this game. Is that Gulu and Guido or whatever it is? No. The the crusty like th- those are my favorite characters so far. The crusty old prospectors, no. one of which looks like a literal pile of shit yes. uh, <laughs> that that fell in love because they hate everyone else so yes. much. Yeah, it's like it's genuinely funny and like makes me care about the universe in a way that I don't think the original trilogy helped me do it all. Nor nor even to some extent the Mandalorian. Um, but it like it makes me feel like a, the game makes me feel like a kid again because of how like oh there's so much left to explore out here and like in something about the last episode of Andor I love that speech like what the Empire oh, God, wants that made me cry <laughs> it's yeah, unnatural that, that like got me all emotional it's unnatural yeah there's a reason yeah. why you, your body wants to fight against it and you just <laughs> and you get to live all that in Jedi Survivor like all these people who have no idea. Like, I kind of want to be alive, and it'd be easier to be alive if I went with the Empire, but that kind of sucks, so we're going to hang out at this bar. Um, yeah. Love it. I love it so far. It's one of my favorite Star Wars things in a long time, so that's where I'll end my shit. Yeah. And I still don't understand the whole Dark Jedi thing. You'd think that, like, you know, it'd be like, I'm going to use the One Ring against Sauron, and, you know, if, if to start with, I'll, you know, I'll start by destroying a big chunks of the Empire, but then gradually... I'll be corrupted and, and come around to thinking that I, oh, I can do more good from the inside and I'll join them. Uh, but no, it, it's just like, yeah, the, the Dark Jedi thing seems to be like, I'm corrupted now. Guess I'll switch sides. Bye. It, it's it's, it's kind of true because it. like uh, mm. I have constant fantasies of headbutting Ron DeSantis. Mm. Uh but that that will not automatically make me <laughs> the most leftist person in the universe. Yeah. Like, uh, like <laughs> but I mean, you're not going to go to headbutt him, and then like his goons stop you, and DeSantis will come over and say, "Rise, my apprentice! I will command Greenpeace forever!" Like, no, like that's not exactly <laughs> what happens. There's, and I think that's, mm-hmm. I I am sort of tired of Star Wars ex- uh, exploring the margins, but like the shades of gray are how we redefine the culture to our times. And it's interesting. Uh, It's really fun because like George Lucas did base this on like some sixties California privilege guy version of what oppression looked like and like how much it sucks to go through. And some of that was through the look at the Vietnam war. And some of that was from his knowledge of Nazis. It's fascinating. Star Wars has a lot of fascinating stories to tell. I almost wish it wasn't at Disney. But they've been really elegant about it thus far, and and, and yeah. especially in the um, uh, in the margins for real. So like, I, I think Jedi Survivor is really up there in my top three things that have happened post uh, Disney acquisition uh, for what what's happened to Star Wars. I'll shut up. Everyone looks bored. Yeah, we we should move along to the news. So let's do that now. It's a little bit of a light, pure games news week again, but fear not, listeners, because where there's a lack of game news, there's always an abundance of the VGA Hollywood segment. 
first off, did you guys see that Gran Turismo trailer? Yes. Yes. Dude, and you and I had basically the same tweet reaction to we it. We had the same tweet, which is like, <laughs> oh, they're just making the last Starfighter. But then I then I had to do a double take because mid-trailer, they dropped that bomb on you based on a true story. Yeah. So Wait, what? Sorry, I only watched half the trailer to validate what you guys were saying about it. I really didn't know that. <laughs> So like literally, so the the premise of the trailer for those who didn't see it is it is the story of a kid who trains all day playing Gran Turismo on like a simulator, you know, like he's just playing on his PlayStation. Uh and uh some guy who runs like a rich uh, racing car racing uh, you know company is like I'm going to recruit the next great racer, you know, using this game, right? And so it's it's the last starfighter. It's like, yeah, it's a dude who has to prove he can race cars by competing in online games and stuff like that. But then, like, yeah, I looked it up. So this shit is based on a real guy. So this yeah. guy's name was was Jan or Jan Martinborough. And he literally uh, was... He competed in, like, a series of events um, for Gran Turismo 5, so a couple GTs ago. And I, I was looking into it. His actual story... I don't know if this will play in the movie, but, but he has some actual tragedy in that, like... During one of his races, like his car went out of control, and stuff happened where it ended up killing one of the. Spectators. Oh, I thought you were going to say lost all his DLC. I was sad. No, but I mean, but that's the thing is, like, you know that this guy, his whole career is already going to face like this stigma of like, hey, you're you're the gamer guy who doesn't really know how to race cars, and you shouldn't be here. And he killed someone. Like, you can only imagine the kind of heat that he took. For that, right? And so I'm wondering if the movie will touch on that. But they're just calling it Gran Turismo. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie itself is, yeah, it's called Gran Turismo. It's, but I mean, it's got some chops in terms of like, so Neil Blomkamp is the wow. director, right? So this is, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, David Harbour and Orlando Bloom co-star. So Orlando Bloom is the guy who like owns that racing team. And David Harbour appears to be the grizzled vet that's going to whip these young gamer whippersnappers into shape, but also degrade them the entire time. I am constantly saddened. David Harbour is a, a, a thespian gift to all of us and is has nothing left to do because he's too popular to be in independent stuff and has to be in shit like this. Mm. And <laughs> I don't know. So Violent good. Night was pretty great. Which one? Violent, Violent Night. Night. Where he all right. I did the, like the, Santa throwing up on the bartender. Yeah, yeah uh, that was fun. Uh, but the, yeah, but, but I, like, when I saw the trailer, my initial reaction was like, this seems like a biopic for a pub- about a publicity stunt that never happened. Why not just do this in real life? And then I looked in and it was like, oh, because they did. All this happened, like, in 2011. Uh, yeah. And it was like a, a publicity stunt, like, where we're going to give all these, the top Gran Turismo gamers a chance to race for real. And, and, but, like, what I, I found out about it, because it was talking about that guy, not in the context of this was the gamer who learned how to race, but this is a racer for, with a 12-year career, and this is how he got his start. Like, okay. he's well, he's a racer first. That's the way to approach it. I mean, yeah. we've talked on this show about, like, yeah, Gran Turismo is the closest I've ever come. I, I don't play, like, the F1 games and stuff, but it's Project like... Project Cars. They, they will train you on, like you know, good race theory, right? Like what a good line looks like. But the the one, the biggest difference I've, because I have friends, like I have a friend specifically who used to drive race cars and he has like the professional rig in his house. It's like a simulator. But like but what he always says is the one thing you can't reproduce, even if you have a good simulator with like motion and stuff is like, you can't recreate the G-forces and mm. like 
I think you probably don't know it, but subconsciously, even when you drive, you kind of know how fast yes. you can go in a turn based on feel. It has nothing mm-hmm. to yes. do with the visuals yeah. and stuff like that. You're, you're not looking at your speedometer. It's it's a feel thing, and you can never get that unless you're in when a I was, car. When I was younger and my stereo went out and I put... I would I would wear headphones to listen to music while I was driving, and you miss the sounds your car makes as it's turning, as it's mm-hmm. the engine's revving. Yeah, that, that's why you're not supposed exactly. to wear headphones. Exactly, it made me a fucking <laughs> terrible driver wearing those headphones. It was awful. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that this guy pulled that off is insane, right? Because it's like, yeah, it it trains you. It's like it's like studying martial arts on paper and never having been in an actual fight. It's like, yeah, in theory you should be good, but until you're actually in that situation, you have no clue, you know, what you're going to actually do. And, uh, I'm just give it the title. You gave it in the chat, which is my favorite thing you said today. Uh, Was it the last car fighter? The last car fighter was was my favorite. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's yeah, basically what it is, but I, I'm kind of looking forward to it now that I, I was clowning on this movie before. Cause I'm like, what are you going to base? Gran Turismo, you know, movie on like going to the cafe in between races, uh, talking about, you know, affording upgrades. But it's like, okay, yeah, they actually have a premise. So it's about world-renowned racer Gran Turismo. I want to win the race, but my Comcast is down. <laughs> um, let's see. Next Hollywood story. We got our first look at that Peacock series for Twisted Metal. Um, hmm. That is, it stars Anthony Mackie of Marvel's Avengers. Falcon and the Winter Soldier fame. Uh, he's the new Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the, kind of the subject of most of the teaser, which frankly, the teaser was like tonally a little surprising. Like I had heard this was sort of a dark comedy, but the teaser is very much just like, by head to the bone. Well, it's literally lend steal my sunshine. Right. That, you know, it's going through like a good tone. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it established like a silly tone, but I guess I'm, so used to twisted metal black which they did give you at the end like the 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 teaser wraps up you know you see the anthony mackie stuff and he gets in this awesome muscle car and he's got his machine guns going and shit like that but then like it the 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 little um what do you call it the bug at the end of the teaser right the little like uh stinger the stinger thank you features samoa joe's sweet tooth this is the weirdest combo ever i didn't realize this yeah it's Samoa Joe's body and Will, Will Arnett's, Arnett's voice. voice as Sweet oh. Tooth. Yeah, Samoa Joe. Look at Banner, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we did get our first look at Sweet Tooth, and it's like, yeah, cool. Like, Samoa Joe's a big dude. Like, he will make Sweet Tooth. And he's and he's he's big and strong looking, but he doesn't look like jacked, which is, you know, Sweet Tooth shouldn't be a bodybuilder he should be kind of just like oh that dude has natural weird strength you know what i mean he should be more occupied with disemboweling and raping children and not in the gym this didn't get a laugh but uh you know no no no. (laughs) wonder why i I didn't create sweet tooth by the way (laughs) like that David Jaffe has specifically said no sweet tooth does not rape i'm confusing him with the character in spawn all right. It it does star Doughboy's Mike Mitchell as Stu, so I'm looking oh. forward to that. And Thomas Thomas Hayden Church is in this as Agent Stone. Mm. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking for. I'm I'm excited. Uh, the teaser may not have been what I, I was. I don't have a good Thomas hey. Hayden Church impression of than Peter. It sounds exactly like Patrick Warburton. That's Patrick Peter. Warburton. <laughs> Peter, you got to catch Electro in the. Peter, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Isn't he from Wings? Yes. Wasn't he originally on Wings? Yes. And for a long time, I when I instead of saying LOL, I would just post a picture of Thomas Hayden Church from Wings because he played a character named Lowell. Um, <laughs> uh, no good. one got it or liked it, and it never caught on. <laughs> I, like, right. I, I, I would start using that. Um, let's see. The Street Fighter movie that just kind of got revealed that Legendary is doing a Street Fighter movie. It may have its directors... And they are people I guarantee none of you guys have heard of, uh, unless you are big fans of Danny and Michael Philippou? Philippou? How dare you? Yes. Philip exactly Pooh or Pow is... Australian brother duo who um, are behind Sundance Horror Breakout Talk to Me. They have their own YouTube channel, Raka Raka. They're kind of known for like YouTube slasher horror stuff. Um, they might be helming that new Street Fighter movie. Um, so yeah, these guys have previously been mentioned to be attached to a DC movie project. So apparently they are the latest hotness in Hollywood and people are waiting to give them a project. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they are indeed the directors and what they do with it. But, uh, I, I have faith in legendary. I feel like, you know, the movie's in better hands than it ever has than any yes. previous street fighter movie. Let's just say uh, that. there has been no better American Godzilla or King Kong than under legendary steward. Even though the first, that Godzilla movie fucking sucked. But King Kong, Skull Island, excellent. King Kong versus Godzilla, even better. Pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Liked it. Enjoyable. The new yeah, sequel. Quite you sound like a smart Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> that was what I was going for. Uh, let's see. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys like double dragons? I do. Do you like Gaiden type things? In podcast yes. form. Side stories? Well, perhaps you'll like Double Dragon Gaiden. Rise of the Dragons, which is a new double dragon game that was announced. Um, gotta be honest, after watching the trailer from this one, like, the, the on paper it sounds interesting. It's like, oh, it's a double dragon with roguelite elements. Tell me more. The one thing that just turned me off, I'm watching the trailer is the sprites like i'm like because we've already had what was it double dragon neon kind of do the the modern retro remake thing that was great this does not look anything like double dragon i'm like how do you whiff on the look of double dragon this this badly i mean it's the the sprites are well animated and very expressive but it is kind of like yeah the the big headed thing is that what you know double dragon like are there any double dragon fans outside of like people i know i know like, um, but yeah, I, I was kind of watching and it's like, yeah, you know, I really would have liked to have seen another Double Dragon Neon. And I know, you know, River City Girls has kind of picked up that torch Whoa. and run with it. But yeah. Double Dragon Still. 4 was fucking awful. Uh, so in addition to Bimmy and Jimmy, uh, we get Marion is actually a fully realized playable character who um, apparently she's she's like wielding guns. She's a fire yeah. firearm wielding range fighter. And the newcomer, Uncle Matten. Which mm-hmm. seems like a typo. It should be Martin, but fine. He's a riot shield wielding powerhouse character. So uh, yeah, you can play well, as there's, those. There's four. a guy with a shield and someone with guns, and they're all equal. 
I have my fists. Like, the person oh, with okay. guns should be the winner of the entire <laughs> yes. time. Yes. You'd think. But whenever somebody brings a gun to a fist fight in a Japanese game, they the guns are... Mm. They do roughly as much damage as an airsoft would do. Aha, you didn't anticipate this. My friendship bracelet will block a, mm-hmm. all the rounds from your automatic weapon. <laughs> exactly. it, is the, it is one of the things I do love about the Yakuza games is they don't fuck around. Like, if you get hit by a gun in that game, it takes off mm-hmm. most of your health every single time. You, you still live, which is, you yeah. know, whatever. But, yeah, you know, they, they understand. Uh, let's see. Microsoft launched a new um, Refer a Friend program for Game Pass. It looks to be like this is specific to PC Game Pass. So you can invite your friends to play things like Redfall if you oh. want to subject them to that. But um, this, I think, you know, people were kind of waiting for what was next because this is after Microsoft recently phased out. They had forever had that promotion where it's like you get a month of Game Pass for a buck. Uh, they phased that out, so this is their answer to that, where if you are a PC Game Pass player, you can send, I think it's up to five people, 14-day free trials to Game Pass. So you no longer get to try it for a buck, but once you are a member, five of your friends get to try it for two weeks for free. So if you have friends, maybe this is a better alternative. I don't know. If you have friends without Game Pass, which I'm sort of out of. Yeah, true, true. Although how many do you have Game Pass PC? Uh, yeah, I guess none. Yeah, just me. <laughs> I think it's me. <laughs> and me. Yeah, you're, you're ultimate. Okay, there you go. Got us. Yeah. Got us. But you can't play with us because you don't have a gaming PC, so there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, and finally, Metacritic uh, has promised that they're going to start moderating user reviews a little bit better. And this is in response to a recent review bombing of the Horizon DLC that came out, the Burning Shores expansion. Yeah, why? Um, well, I mean, I'm like, why did people bomb the, the Horizon? Oh, because Aloy kisses a girl. Yes, thank you. Why do people always review bomb? Oh. Because of homophobia. Like, they, yeah. It, it, Among other things. It, it's not I even guess. a mandatory thing. It's like you can choose to kiss a girl in this DLC, right? And it, here's here's the deal, though. Like, the problem with their them saying, yeah, we're going to clean it up and have better moderation is, like, I don't know that it will prevent review bombing from happening, but it will just make people, when they go to review bomb, they won't be able to be as explicit and just say, like, why'd you have to make her gay? Like, they'll yeah. they'll just say something like, well, this gay game F word, right? zero to but, zero, this game that's not out for two weeks. Yeah, but then a lot of them, you know, got wise to that and started writing, like, oh, no, it's just, you know, the frame rate is bad or whatever, right. but, you know, giving it zeros. And I like, love that they're trying to do this, and it's like... You know, when I want to learn if a game is great, I go to the Metacritic user review scores. <laughs> it's like it's buried like 19th underneath like what you could click on around a review score. Who gives a shit? It's just no, they're always on that that sidebar on the right. They are, but like they're buried. Like it doesn't matter. You know what I use it for is like so series that have like big fans, right? Is like if I'm if I'm a fan of a series and I know that hey, it's typically not a series that gets great reviews or something like I do trust the word of the fans. Like, it's like, okay, look, if I'm a fan of this thing, I want to hear what other fans have to think about this. That's really when I kind of look at user reviews. But yeah, I mean, again, I just, I'm afraid that like the moderation thing, there's only so much you can do. Like if people want to be bad actors, they're sort of going to be bad actors, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. I guess you're, because I was looking around at Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We didn't talk about that that much, but 
I've encountered oh, yeah, a ton yeah. of glitches and breakdowns and like for some people that's like zero out of zero. Uh, game doesn't run at a certain frame rate, and my frame rate is fuck. And anytime I look at a guide, I'm like, I can't believe your game looks like this. <laughs> it looks so much better than mine. <laughs> uh, holy shit! Like Jedi Survivor is all over the place in terms of where it runs, and people are pissed and review bombing it as well. Even though I think it's fucking wonderful, but it's it runs horribly. I don't, did anybody play it on PC? No, no, and because of all the issues I've heard of. But I think, yeah, that's one of those cases where it's sort of obvious why they're review bombing. And when you see that huge disparity between what the critics are saying, like if the critics are like, hey, this is a nine or above game, and then you see like 2.0, you know that like, okay, there's there's some reason they're review bombing. And so I, again, like I kind of know to filter out the user reviews at that point, like, okay, clearly... This is just over a specific issue people are getting really pissed off about. But um. I have a video that I saved just because, like, uh, a Rancor grabbed me and brought me to his mouth and ate me. But then, but also before all that, it disappeared. So I just look like a dolphin in the air who dies. <laughs> By the way, that sounded like way more erotic than I think you intended. Like, a Rancor grabbed me, brought me to his mouth, mm-hmm. and ate me. Uh, <laughs> kissed me tenderly, and ate Such me. a Rancor. I put my bone in his jaws. He swallowed <laughs> me. He put all of me in his mouth and swallowed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I gross. was inside him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, I mean, good luck. Best of luck. I, I hope they do figure something out, but I, I'm i not really confident given that, like, people are going to be assholes. That's that's why the in, that's what the internet's for. It's yep. uh, people so they can be anonymous assholes, and unfortunately... A literal zero-sum like game. Yeah. <laughs> This game had a gay character, zero out of zero. Like, what, what a, is wrong with you? What, a, what, a, what is yeah, wrong with you? Fuck? Yeah, seriously. What? Unbelievable. This game had an option I don't agree with. It. I mean, by the way, that's the thing is, this is a game. There are many valid criticisms of the recent yes, Horizon game. I don't game, like the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that that is not one of them. So anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see, Metacritic. But uh, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right, well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always this segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was, have you ever been punched in the face? There's no way Chris Baker has ever been punched in the face, <laughs> period, period. I think I was as a little kid, but um, but I, I, I can answer this fairly recently. Uh, I, I have a toddler daughter. It <laughs> mm, ah, doesn't yes. always, like, want to do what daddy says and and sometimes i'll have to pick her up and and she'll she'll sock me in the face the fists are flying uh, yeah i get it and yeah. and she's just the right height that she might struggle with her uh legs as well and and her foot hits me in just the wrong spot oh boy <laughs> oh boy uh so <laughs> so yeah that's my my answer i think maybe as a little kid i got in a couple who could fight. hit Chris I've, Baker? I've in been the face. meaning to talk to her about that, Seabay, because when you're when you're grappled and being you know bear hugged by a person, it's really better to headbutt. I got to teach True. her to headbutt you <laughs> and not the fist. You can't get enough leverage with the fist. You just got to go straight with the head. Can't wait to see your Easter Sunday family photos with blood running down your nose because you taught your daughter how to do the best headbutt. <laughs> no, she's she's actually very sweet most of the time. She's a doll. No, my cat is the sweetest, and she scratches me and draws blood, and then like. I'm like, fuck you, bitch! And and then she puts her hands on me like, are we still playing or not? Like, 
Yeah. Mm. She doesn't know she's hurting me. She just, uh, she's figuring out, and your daughter's the same with figuring out, like, uh, uh, what my stuff does. Limits. Uh, and apparently exactly. I have fists, and they can hurt my dad's teeth. If I... <laughs> well, on VigigamePocalypse.com, Giant Shortstack says, Like Chris, I have a lot of stories of middle school bullying that probably legally qualify as cases oh, of yeah. assault. However, when I think of this question, I think of backyard wrestling. <laughs> It wasn't exactly the usual backyard fed stereotypes because it mostly happened in basements and we were really into work rate Rick Fl- uh, work rate Rick Flair and HBK That's shit. That's dangerous. However, Talk about your work rate. It's dangerous. Yeah. However, one night doing a bit of walk and brawl down the stairs to said basement, I went to lightly club my opponent over the back with my forearm when he turned around and caught a punch right in the face before I could pull it. So he breaks on the, the mo- so he takes the momentum on the landing, Ooh. shoves me down a step and gives me a receipt right in the cheekbone. Then before I know it, he's grabbed a folding chair and slams it safely but hard across my upper back. For sure. It's the only time I've ever been physically attacked where I thought, fair enough, my mistake. <laughs> I had this one coming. Wow. So, Michael, to explain a little bit of wrestling terminology in here. So, work rate are, like, matches where guys are just, like, doing a ton of shit in the match. And they're going 40-minute draws and shit like that. And, they're the, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And then this, this thing, this concept of a receipt, that's in a wrestling match where if someone accidentally tags you, hits you, or sometimes on purpose, um, you really hit them back to let yeah. them know, like, hey, knock that Stop. shit off because you're hurting me. So, you give them one... Uh. If if they throw a potato, as they might be called, uh, you give them the you give them a receipt. It's saying like, "Hey, yeah. knock that shit off." Yeah. Clever, Michael is, is now thinking of all the receipts he should have given me throughout time. Yeah. <laughs> talk about your work rate, uh, not me. I'm talking about big meaty men slapping meat. I love it. Well, <laughs> it's the best, gross. the best Big E thing ever. He, he on his podcast, he he's talking about his dream match, and he just yeah, it's he wants to see big meaty men. With big chests, slapping meat, and I love it. So, that is out. the biggest, meatiest man of all time. He's allowed to say that. He, his name's literally Big E. <laughs> I know, but his like, I'm barely gay, but his ass is supple enough to where like, yeah, it's Mac. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, Big E, I love that guy. I fucking love. That I'm guy. not saying I don't look at his chest and think like, boy, those would be some nice pillows to lay my head yeah, he's on. Good looking man, but I do. Uh, let's see. Vocalic says, question of the week. I've never been punched square in the face, but I did take a baseball thrown at full speed to the Ooh. jaw when I was in middle school. Ooh. Holy hell. Uh, someone blind threw it to the base I was running to and nailed me right under the che- uh, right under the cheekbone, left a hell of a bruise on the outside and cut the inside of my cheek on my teeth. I can't imagine a baseball to the face and a punch are very different. Just glad I didn't lose any teeth or rip a hole in my cheek with my own teeth i should say yeah um we got a ton of great stories a lot of them really really long so i couldn't pull them so i do encourage you guys to read them at all these places the ones yeah. i specifically pulled were very different like this where it's like i was trying to get different stories and like dude yes a baseball to the face qualifies that is more than a punch like you you've done your time you don't need to take yeah. a punch mm, at this point yeah like, and and like the only bone i've ever broken i think i told that story before but i'm just letting you know where toxic masculinity was in the, the 1991 uh, a 
I was hassling a girl playing like basketball in a gym uh, in, in summer camp, and she threw a basketball at me, and it hit my pinky uh, while I was like, you know, had I was holding the basketball with both hands, and she broke my pinky, and I couldn't tell the counselors or the nurse that a girl broke my pinky for a day, and like, like to where the the point where my pinky sw- swelled up like. Bigger than any other, like like big toe sized. <laughs> Go to a doctor, and and like I and I remember I made up a lie about how to, a cowboy earlier stepped on my my finger with his boot uh, because I was so afraid to say that this adorable, very attractive girl like fucking murdered my finger <laughs> in front of everybody. Uh, yeah, that's where I was. She pulled a righteous gemstones on Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. where I was. Uh, Curtis Lemieux says, uh, I've been punched in the face a lot. I grew up in a tough area of Florida. Not only that, I, I go to mosh pits all the time at all oh, the metal shows go. I go to oh, and yeah. I get smacked in the face. Um, but oh, Sorry, yeah. He had three stories. I chose what I thought was the best of three. Yeah. Uh, we were playing Wii Sports Boxing with an old friend of mine. And he is huge and built uh, because of the Baby. tight space we were playing in. He ended up throwing a right hook as I was dodging towards uh, uh, the tight space we were playing in. And he ended up uh, throwing a right hook. I was dodging. T- Jesus. Uh, in the right, we connected and it knocked me on the ground for a good 10 seconds. Uh, it knocked him out knocked for him a good out. 10 seconds. Almost <sighs> the entire side of my face where he hit me was black and blue for a good two weeks. Uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even work at my job at the time because I because lo- I worked at a kid's shoe store, <laughs> Buster Browns like stride. Right. Looks- well, as we heard from Seabake, kids are the ones most prone to knock you in the face. True. So that might happen yeah, all true, the time. But he looks like Fuchs on this week's Barry, and uh, he couldn't he couldn't sell the Buster Browns. I was restricted to work in the back room. <laughs> Oh, these stories were so funny. I wish we could have done a whole show about it. Oh, my God. Mike Green says, It's been an incredibly long time since I've been clocked in the face. Back in secondary school, someone in my class decided to pick pick on me one day. He pushed me all day, and I snapped, waiting to go into science class, and bopped him right in the nose. Uh, he ran off and brought the deputy head. The deputy head. Um, uh, later in the school day, word had spread, and one of his friends decided to return the favor in woodwork class right on my nose. I stood eyes watering, rage building, when I decided to play it cool. I figured a full brawl in the middle of class. Bad idea. So I composed myself and brushed it off and said, with that follow through, the kid I hit should get his money back on those mates' rates. I took a golf ball, struck from a five iron club at about four feet away to my right cheek. I was about 10 years old, and since then, most fists don't really compare. Yeah. That'll, uh. What a a, a non Americanism. Yeah. But but that's like, I wasn't (laughs) afraid of a lot of, like, getting hit in the face because I, like, I played soccer for the first 15 years of my life. And. If you if you've never done that, like playing disorganized soccer with kids, you get hit in the face and nuts a lot. It's not that like hmm. you get used to it; it never doesn't hurt. But it's like I'm not. It's not the first time. So, 
And then I had to hit a growth spurt and nobody fucked with me. So it was very easy for me to sound like a tough yeah. guy. There you go. Nice. Uh, Shy Guy Fieri says on Twitter, says, When I was in high school, I enrolled in karate classes. The owner oh, of the no. school was an ex-prison oh. guard who looked like a Final Fight character come to life. Oh, no. Like a legit yeah. Mike Hager looking dude, mustache <laughs> and all. He usually only taught the adult classes, so I rarely had one-on-one training with him. Although one of the times that I did, he threw me across the room like one of the foot soldiers from Turtles in Time. And I was a pretty big guy even back then. Anyway, I don't want to use his real name, and since he looks like he was designed by Jack Kirby, let's just call him Blarg, the thing that wasn't a man. So Blarg was offering boxing lessons, and I decided to take him up on it. And let me tell you, fighting him was like a real-life boss battle. Only unlike a video game, he had no convenient tells for when I was supposed to attack. And trying to Dark Souls roll out of the way does not work in real life. At first, Blarg just let me hit him for practice. Despite his yells of harder, my punches were no match for his brick wall physique. Even with gloves on, my knuckles were red afterwards. Then Blarg said, okay, now I'm going to hit back. I've been in car crashes that had less of an impact. He started with a blow to my gut, which knocked out all my breath and my soul. (laughs) Then came a right hook. The world went dark. I think I saw Jesus. And then I woke up halfway across the room with nothing but my shame. And keep in mind, Blarg was trying not to hurt me. If he'd been serious, I would be nothing but a splatter of diffused particles right now. I I love this story because, like, I've been in so few fights, like, real fights. Um, Matt may know this because he knows MMA and wrestling better than I do. There's a great clip. Brock Lesnar, who's like WWE's biggest guy, but he also does UFC. And a guy kicks him in the stomach, like solar plexus. And it takes like five seconds. And he's just like, he falls to the ground crying in a way I can't anatomically understand. Oh, it's because he had diverticulitis at the time. Did he? His his intestines were literally twisted into a knot. And that's why he lost that fight. Is, is like, that what it was? Because like it's still like I've seen it like six times, and it's just like Jesus, what was that? Yeah, uh, he had an extreme it, infection, and yeah, that's why. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. Edit that out. Uh, but but uh, we have a video response. We do from Mike Amari. Good to see you back, buddy. Who says? Hey, VJ crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was: Have you ever been punched in the face? And Honestly, it's like there's never been a question that was more suited for me than this one. Um, I get punched in the face pretty much on a weekly basis. At this point, I'm actually getting punched in the face twice on a weekly basis. I don't know if you can even see. I'm going to lean in here. You can see some of the damage done to my face just this week. I got a little bruise here. I got a little cut over here. Um, The reason for this is not because of any sort of abuse. Uh, This is because I've been an amateur botcher for going on the last 13 years or so. Um, I've been punched in the face by a lot of people. Uh, also, Matt, you saying that getting punched with a boxing glove doesn't count. You can go to hell, sir, because it absolutely does count. And you're right. Being punched <laughs> in the face by someone who knows what they're doing really does hurt a heck of a lot more. For the most memorable story of being punched in the face, um, the 2011 Metro Tournament in New York. Uh, I was in a tournament where I was going to be fighting in the super heavyweight class. That is my weight class because I'm a big boy. Uh, and I drew straws for my opponent. There were not an even amount of opponents. And so one fought two, three fought four, and number five got a bye. I pulled one, 
And the other person who pulled the two was a very giant man. He was about six foot two, must have been something like 18 years old at a time when I was 30. And yeah, it looked like Mike Tyson in his prime. Didn't phase me though. I'm used to fighting bigger guys. So I got in there and man, oh man, I got hit harder than I've ever been hit in my life. It's the one time where I've lost a few seconds in my life. Uh, I got hit with just a smoking left hand from up top and... Next thing I know, I'm pushing myself up off the canvas, and I hear three, four. And I'm thinking to myself, what happened to one and two? Um, it was like the movies. My legs were wobbly. Everything was swimmy. Everything felt like it was very far away uh, sound-wise. Um, I recovered, hung in there for most of that round, but there was no denying it. He had hurt me at that point, and the ref had to stop it before we got out of the round. It was a clean hit. The man knew what he was doing. Uh, so, yeah, that's my most interesting getting hit in the face story. Driving home after that match was interesting. I definitely had a slight concussion. There was a ringing in my ears for maybe three to four days afterwards. Um, it was interesting, to mm. say the least. Uh, but, yeah, no, and fun news, I actually am looking to have a fight in the next two weeks. Those of you at Fitness Time who have seen the pictures I've put up already, uh, I'm prepping for another fight. Uh, so I'm keep you guys updated on that. Uh, getting hit in the face, yeah, kind of sucks, but it's also going to be kind of fun. Thank you for being with me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. Cool. Nice. Thanks for that. That's why That's I'm like really this close to taking up boxing. Hmm. Because uh, Guess you want a concussion? No. Well, well, well like, um, when I've done it in VR, mm-hmm. And I know it's VR, blah blah blah, but uh, but but that it's the most intense workout I've ever gotten in my life, hmm. uh, and it's fun, and it's you're done after like the fight is over, and then and then next, like yeah, like we all live our lives afraid of being hit. Uh, what if like the, the biggest badasses you know are all people like grown up being hit? <laughs> all the shitty kids in your middle school, like. They were people who, like, their parents or their neighbors hit them all the time. And they just got used to it and stopped caring. And, uh, yeah, like, the idea of, like, taking that away from my assailants. Who cares about being hit? Hmm. I do now. Lots of people. Yeah. I, I do now, but, like, uh, you know, what if I didn't? Yeah. All right, so new question of the week. What's the most obscure Star Wars fact you know uh, of course, being asked this question, I am struggling to think of anything. So I'll just say, I know that the original lightsabers were just dowels wrapped in reflective tape. And there are some frames in Star Wars where they aren't quite colored in. And you can kind of see that. Uh, but <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That's, that's my favorite thing about this whole process. I was listening to a prop podcast for a while. And... In Hollywood, like like Jerry Seinfeld a long time ago made a joke about like uh, all aliens wear the Mylar suits with a V on it uh, mm-hmm. because that's what Hollywood had in their wardrobe. And Stanley Kubrick, when he he made um, 2001, he destroyed all of the, the outfits so no one could use them again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's so so like the first Star Wars. If you wanted to collect props, that's the only way like, you can obtain them. Lucas owned every prop after Empire. And my favorite fucking stat for Star Wars is that they're the most lucrative independent movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Huh. They're made outside of the studio system. They are financed by George Lucas himself through banks, but not studios. 
and 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 Fox had uh, distribution rights, but like I think up until Phantom Menace, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the most <laughs> lucrative independent movie ever made. I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, it was. It totally was. It was, and then and then Star Wars is is like obliterated it um, because it, Star Wars isn't in, as a property isn't from Empire on, until Disney is an independent movie financed by one guy one guy damn so i'm gonna i'm gonna let seabake go last because i know he'll have the best most obscure fact but mine so i one time i was kind of doing a story and some research and i was looking into the movies that had the audacity to open up against star wars and the one that uh, stands out to me that people never really think about is and it's tough because Star Wars kind of had a rolling release, like the original Star Wars, what eventually became Episode Four, but it released alongside another movie that was in limited release that also became very successful, but nowhere near as successful as Star Wars. So the original Star Wars went up against Smokey and the Bandit the same the same wow. weekend. It was Memorial Day weekend, nineteen seventy seven. And and that movie was kind of like Star Wars. Like they didn't know it was going to be a giant hit because Burt Reynolds hadn't had a hit in many years. It had been like three or four years since The Longest Yard, and so it's like we never think of those things, or at least I never think of those things as like, oh yeah, they happened the same year, let alone like the same weekend. But yes, Memorial Day weekend seventy seven, Smokey and the Bandit technically beat Star Wars. Because it was playing on like hundreds of theater screens instead of like forty three for Star Wars, but of course Star Wars. Star Wars went on to beat it, went on to basically be in theaters until through like 1978. But like, yeah, Smoking the Bandit, not a small picture. It, it, it like, it was one of those things that like huge, considered a huge success because its budget was tiny and it made a shit ton of money at the time, especially adjusted for inflation where it's like, yeah, both big pictures, both kind of had room to breathe and live. But like, had, had they not done that rolling limited release thing, like maybe Smoking the Bandit wouldn't have been a, success or a hit that it eventually became but yeah that's a weird obscure fact the, the great oh the movie's so good i'm gonna go watch it right now uh shit i forgot what i was gonna say but uh but but yeah that's that's like that's what i love about the star wars story is that like nobody really wanted to invest in it they let george lucas hold on to most of the rights uh because like who gives a shit about this and it became this juggernaut but that also until disney bought it he wasn't required to make. He wasn't required to make new content for years and years and years mm-hmm. when he yeah. wanted to. Also, yeah, his masterstroke was also like retaining the merchandising rights mm-hmm. for that first movie because yeah, it, they, they thought like, oh, that's throwaway trash. That's and, mm-hmm. and but he knew he could make it into a huge thing. Yeah, sequels weren't. Re- it's hard to think of sequels not being a big thing. Not even sequels, office. just toys. Toys and t-shirts and, you know, merch. But it, it like, as a big Planet of the Apes fan, uh, every Planet of the Apes sequel had its budget cut in half every time they made it, instead of being doubled, which is what you would see nowadays. Because it was more important than just a movie, there'd be merchandise involved. And Planet of the Apes merchandise didn't come around until the series ended, so no one knew that. But Fox was the company that put out Planet of the Apes, and they should have they should have fucking known that. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's so embarrassing. Uh, but also, it was like kind of a nice thing where, like, you made American Graffiti. We'll pay for anything you want to do because we liked your first movie. So Fox 
wasn't looking at the money angle of it necessarily. Baker. Baker. Yeah, I'm trying to... Th- I don't know if how much I can come through on it. I mean, I, ha- I know a lot of, like, obscurities. Uh, what is the most obscure thing? I don't know. I- I'm going to hit you back. I'm going to hit you with a gaming thing, and then I'm going to hit you with a-, a trivia question from the movies. That's, like, my go-to trivia question. So, gaming thing, which is also a Star Wars holiday special thing. Uh, <laughs> Itchy, the father of Chewbacca is uh is the your main character in the tutorial for the game Star Wars Galactic yes. Battlegrounds. And they give his full name. You find out what Itchy yes. is short for. It, it, yeah, I don't I don't even want to uh like, r- pretend I remember what that is. At, it's in, it is in the book. It is in the book though that I work on. Yeah. Um but yeah my my kind of go to uh favorite a trivia question from the from the movies that uh, I think a lot of people don't realize is uh, at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Technically, the last line of dialogue is Chewbacca, like in, as the Falcon goes off. But what is the last line of spoken dialogue in the Empire Strikes Back? We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> but but like you brought me down a rabbit hole when I asked you like. It might have been off mic. Like, what happens to the Empire, the Emperor, when he falls down the shaft? And you were like, Well, I read the movie script and it says he explodes. Yeah. <laughs> he explodes. He explodes. <laughs> That's... He explodes. So if you read the script, like, he's definitely dead. But in the movie, there was enough lee- wiggle room to make the awful rise of the skywalker uh, isn't isn't the last line it's it's like luke and leia reaching out to each other so it's they don't actually like, say anything oh okay hmm the last line ow <laughs> when luke gets pricked oh, by wow. the, the medical oh, droid wow. when he gets his new hand <laughs> oh ow that is the last line of the best star wars movie ow wow Wow. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Just want more Owen Wilson impersonations, please. <laughs> Man. And and yeah, the I guess yeah, the the Star Wars Holiday Special reali- or Holiday Spectacular realizing that was written I think primarily by Bruce Valanche. Bruce Valanche. Hollywood Square Bruce Valanche. Yeah, and 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 they had a character they created that him and George Lucas called Cuntface. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Cuntface, because that's... Well, I, I, I didn't know that. that. Like, uh, the original... Uh, the original Cantina sequence mm-hmm. was used with a bunch of uh, existing Hollywood makeup in, like... Plan- like, you can see Planet of the Apes outfits in Star Wars. Yeah. It's fun if you're a big nerd. But uh, George Lucas wanted to reshoot it with Rick Baker. It's like one of Rick Baker's first jobs. Like, let's get some fucking mask in here. I want real aliens. Everybody needs to look different. I don't want anybody with the Mylar V suit. Uh, Lucas made it a point to like, uh, but but he also like didn't retain the anything that happened post Empire. Lucas owned and you could never buy. So you can still buy things from Star Wars. They're less expensive, weirdly, because Lucas only auctioned off like hel- stormtrooper helmets from Empire and Post for charity. Um, but but like, man, people stole a ton of shit from st- the first Star Wars. Uh, 
man, all those props are worth so much money. Hmm. All right. So what's the most obscure Star Wars fact you know? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 522. Alternately, you can visit us on the official LaserTime community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been this week's show. Let's go some more plugs. Seabake, um, once again, the title of your upcoming book is uh, X-Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader, celebrating 40 years of Star Wars video games. Uh, just hashtag Scorpion Vader, and, and if you look that up on Twitter, you can get my email list where I will send out wonderful updates on... Uh, Anyone who is is subscribed to that uh, will be able to get the book for free when I release it because I'm going to release it for free. Oh, cool! It's like a good strategy thing for releasing ebooks. Anyway, um, yeah, and and uh, it's got a bunch of stuff about Hoth and the the Namco game and and just I love your stuff. I love your YouTube channel and I love your fucking. <laughs> books god damn it baker is one of my favorite content creators in the universe well thank you so much i, yeah, I really appreciate you. that and and i, I wouldn't contribute on. my five dollars a month to your patreon if, if i didn't Woo. do the same oh. <laughs> uh but yeah at say at cbake76 on uh, twitter i'll get you basically everything you need to know about me uh including personal websites and all that um yeah that's that's me cool well, thanks again for for coming on. It's it's always such a pleasure to have you on here, and and it really is like, yeah. So you are you are a hell of a get as a podcast guest. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Really Thank appreciate you. it. And uh, but uh, Chris, what have we got cooking? Thirty twenty ten this week. Um, there's a double shot episode this week. Um, uh, X Men United, Iron Man three. Um, just some of my favorite move the superhero movies ever. And like I think. They're both two, two in the. T- they might be in the top five, and they're ten years removed, uh, but they're great. And uh, the stuff we have to talk about in the eighties is. Uh, remember Dave? Mm-hmm. D- Dave, like this the fucking movie? thing that's. Oh, I thought you meant like here, little little Here, that's a good movie starring. What's his name? I'm from Kevin. Something. Dave is out, and like we get to talk about Dave, and like it's 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 it shouldn't have been a big as big a success as it was. It's Never mind. Great it's movie. A, yeah, it's, it's an unbelievably fun movie that just steals the plot of every other movie that's ever happened, and uh, it's kind of the the high point of the Prince and the Popper. Sigourney Weaver, very awesome in that movie. Great movie. Yeah, she fucks the guy who replaces her husband. She falls in love. She with marries him. him. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Kevin Klein. Wow, love Kevin Klein. Damn. Okay. Uh, you know, you t- t- hashtag Scorpion Vader. Funnily enough, just started my own little thing. OnlyFans. Uh, Scorpion Vader is my profile name. So go check me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, there might, there may well be, and nice. if there is, hey, go support that person. I have no idea who they are, but you never. Yeah, know. Yeah, maybe I should vet that a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, hashtag Scorpion Vader for Seabake. Throw it out there. Get it going. Get it trending, as the kids say. 
Well, as always, you can visit us online at VeggieGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. It's been, it's been two minutes since I started recording. <laughs>